0: Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler Patterson and Michael Remus.
1: What's going on everyone? Happy Friday. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson with you. We got a packed show today. A big win for the Jets last night in OT. Kyle Connor finally scores. Great night at the build at the Canada Life Center downtown. Or of course, the Jets right back at it tomorrow in a matinee against the Chicago Blackhawks. Ken Weeb, Weeb's World himself, is going to pop by for an extended chat talking Jets. Last night's game, looking ahead to the next couple games on this homestand as well. Tomorrow against the Blackhawks, as I mentioned, and a big one in the division with the first place Dallas Stars. Jets don't find themselves in second place, eleven points through. Uh, 11 points now, or I guess 13 points now on the schedule at 6-3-1, and one, two points back of the Dallas Stars. So we've got lots of Jet stuff to talk about. Big weekend coming up for the Moose as well. Moose playing tonight and on Sunday afternoon. Dan Fink, voice of the Moose, is going to pop on. And uh, I'm going to be talking as well about an article that uh, Jared Stoller wrote yesterday talking Ville Billy Hanel as agent in the hockey news, which we'll uh, touch on as well with Ken a little bit later on and uh, maybe a very special guest joining us in just a couple minutes, a big win for the Astros last night, the world series continues and now heads back to Houston with the Astros one win away from winning another championship. And uh, we'll be all over that. And of course, CFL playoffs are this week, Hamilton, Montreal, BC and Calgary. Interesting. Both of those games opened up as three point spreads for the home teams, It's gone down to one and a half in both. Justin Dunk, a three-down nation, will give his thoughts on the upcoming games and a pretty wild weekend in the Canadian Football League. Um, But listen, before we get going, I do want to thank the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Of course, Princess Auto, Cool Bet Canada, Not Auto Corp, Boston Pizza, Canadian Club, Culligan Water, Little Brown Jug, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Consolidated Supply, Vita Health, Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, of course, F Apparel, and our friends down at Royal Sports. All right, so as you know, Jeremy, or as the chat has referred to him as Jay Remo, has been taking over the show for the week. Uh, Just because we're using different software and systems today, it pains me to tell you this, but we won't be doing a marble race today. We will make it up to you in future weeks. Uh, But to make up for that, we've got a very special guest joining us now chat welcome back to the program for a quick segment in the middle of now double daddy duty our guy proud father times two Michael Remus Remo congratulations how's everything at home how's mom baby new big brother what's uh what's the home situation like how's the week been
2: yeah everything's been great it was nice to have it uh, scheduled tuesday morning came home wednesday evening and everyone's healthy doing good have a hard time i still see myself as a young guy it's like kind of weird to think that i have two kids now but i do beautiful son and now now a daughter so uh thank you everyone uh everyone in chat so yeah i've been off Uh, for a couple days i'll take some time off next week still watch the game still following everything but um good to have some time off uh just from the day-to-day show stuff okay i have to ask you this
1: before we dive into jets topics and whatnot um Mm -hmm. as someone that doesn't have kids that Mm -hmm. hears about it all the time from friends especially with newborns what um Your sleep schedule was already pretty screwed up to begin with,
2: but what's the, uh, (laughs)
1: how
2: how much sleep have you had this week? Uh, I've had a lot more than my wife. That's for sure. She's taken, she's taken a lot of the reins in terms of sleeping. I tried to be up till maybe like one or two and maybe she'll go to bed from like nine to one and take over and maybe she can squeeze in a couple hours. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. The early part, real tough, figuring out the sleep and getting them to sleep. Um, but we'll, we'll get through it It's you know it's only a couple months i guess it's not too bad i'm it's okay a lot of time listening to podcasts and doing whatever uh, so you. i'm well, good i'm good listen that's awesome and uh, obviously uh, so happy for
1: you guys and uh beautiful little daughter and now uh we'll get back to normal business coming up soon you know i i may as well make this announcement now we knew that this was going to be a crazy month for winnipeg sports mm-hmm. talk First and foremost, most importantly, because of what we've just been talking about, what happened on Tuesday, Michael and Leah's second child. Um, So Jeremy's been doing a great job. He's going to hang out with us next week as well while Michael takes a little bit more time off and comes back. Then we're going to have a week together. And then the next couple weeks are going to be even crazier. Because, folks, I can officially tell you now, my Haya card has been approved. The flights are booked and your boy Hus is going to be coming to you live for two weeks from Qatar at the world cup, following Canada in the return to the biggest event in the world for the first time since 1986. I I have been, uh, to be perfectly honest, I haven't wanted to talk about it because it has seemed almost surreal that this is actually happening. Um, but it's all set. It's booked. It's done. I got to give a huge shout out to uh, the gang at Coolbet. I'm going to be going out with Jake Bowen Moss, who uh, you'll know from the Coolbet channels. And uh, we'll have Jake on next week. We'll talk a little bit more about what we're doing. Uh, but I can't wait for the next couple of weeks. We'll be previewing the World Cup. And then uh, technology providing uh, will be with you guys every day, maybe in a little bit of a different format, depending on how it all works out. But the bottom line is, uh world cup from the middle east we will be uh, Remo. i have to think that we're going to be the only show certainly the only independent show with live coverage from (laughs) boots on the ground in qatar for the world cup
2: yeah they have internet there Uh, you have to make sure you send some pictures take some videos of what's going on um i don't know where the rep the canada flag a lot of people from around the world very cool that uh Little Winnipeg sports talk be represented in Qatar, Qatar, Doha, whatever you want to call it uh, for the World Cup. So I'm um, hard to believe it's this soon. I don't know. I feel like there hasn't been a lot of buzz. And all I'm hearing about the World Cup is um, about, you know, having to give back uniforms and player likenesses on jerseys. I'm not hearing too much about uh, group previews.
1: Yeah, well, we're going to get to that, and yeah, listen, it's been sort of a rough road for Canada soccer over the last couple months uh, since they officially qualified, Uh, and yes, you knew it, Comet, (laughs) time zones, time zones, we may be talking about time zones, the the ban might be lifted for the two weeks from the World Cup, Uh, but yeah, it's an eight-hour difference from Winnipeg to Doha, so 9 p.m. local will be the time that our show will be on, and um, I'm not sure whether I'm gonna you know we'll see. I mean, I'll, ideally, I'll be joining live as normal most days. Um, I, if not, we'll probably record a bunch of content, get it sent over that can be for it. But we'll have some daily stuff coming from the World Cup and probably do a lot of fun video content as well. Um, I, I can't wait for my food, Middle Eastern food reviews. and actually, oh, what yeah. I'm most looking forward to, what I'm most looking forward to is going to maybe some of the places that we are more familiar with, and then trying their offerings in Qatar. So, um, so anyways, that's all coming up. And just a quick funny story about how this all came about. Working with Pat and the gang over at CoolBet on a bunch of stuff for Winnipeg Sports Talk at a big meeting. Everything's great. Moving forward, obviously, you know, we expanded the lock shop. By the way, check out that tweet. We are giving away a thousand bucks. We just launched the uh, YouTube channel. So we want to get all you guys subscribing to the lock shop on YouTube. We're going to give away a grand to one of our first thousand subscribers. But the day after the meeting happened, I got a text from Pat and said, Huss, I can't believe I forgot to mention this to you. Is there any way uh, you could do WST from Doha in late November. And honestly, I didn't even know what the hell he was talking about. I had to type into Google, where is Doha? And then of course I saw it was Qatar. I'm like, are you kidding me? World cup. So I'm going to have tickets to all the Canada games, going to try and get to some other games as well. So that is very exciting for myself and for us. And, Obviously I would have loved to bring Reem, but you know, kind of a tough time to ditch your wife two weeks after you just had a new baby. So yeah. uh, as usual, he'll be holding things down here at the, uh, at WST headquarters and uh, I'll be joining. We'll probably have a few of the other guys lean in for a little bit more filling in when, um, you know, timing or uh, games take uh, me out of the, uh, out of the picture. So anyways, that's all what's going on. Reem, well you have missed a, uh, missed an interesting week. Um, we talked on Monday, of course, before your big day about the Jets' road trip. And you know, there was a lot of frank and honest conversation publicly, both from coach Rick Bonus and a number of the players, about you know, that they need to be a hell of a lot better. And listen, this was no Picasso last night. I mean, this wasn't a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination, but I thought that the energy was there, I thought they built throughout the game. And I thought that, you know, their key players came up big. And for crying out loud, Kyle Connor had to score eventually. It took until overtime, but he got it done. And fun night in the rink last night. Most importantly, a better performance by the Winnipeg Jets. And a big two points as they uh, have now escaped the first 10 games. We were hoping they could get to 500. Six, three, and one. Great record. We know that some of the games have been a little ugly um, but here we are going into these next two games out of the first ten, two points out of first place in the central, and still a lot of improvement that we can see from this team going forward.
2: Yeah, they're well first we can we all know the road trip uh was pretty rough in terms of quality of play. you know, you somehow got a win against LA and what well, you got a point, you got the win in Arizona, got a point in Vegas. You did five oh six, you did not play anywhere close to your best hockey, so pretty well done. From the jets so they put themselves in a real nice position while st louis has been on a big losing streak nashville's had a rough start um and so they're in a great spot here and you come home you play against montreal who's you know not great and you get the two points there and look a three-point game but because they're in the eastern conference doesn't matter now you play chicago who was projected to not make the playoffs anywhere close but they're having a not bad start too five, four, and two so I think the Jets acknowledge that, hey, you know, the way we've played, we're lucky to have five or six, but in reality, they've got 13 points. They're second in the, in the division, and a really good spot here is you play Chicago, and then you play Dallas, who's uh, been awesome there at the top of the division on Tuesday. So great night last night at Canada Life Center. Always great when, you know, Toronto or Montreal, I know a lot of visitor fans, people don't like that, but I think it adds a nice atmosphere to the building. You know, I was watching on TV, you see people dressed up. I remember, uh, you know, going to games in years past. Montreal fans, always very rowdy. And I think we were all predict- predicting, like, Kyle Connor, when is he going to score? It's so many chances, rung one off the crossbar, shot after shot and close. And finally, in overtime, a nice little uh, passing play. A couple of draw passes there with Shafley and Connor. you know, Morrissey in there as well. And Connor puts one past Montembeau, um, who I remember last year here. It was in that crazy game. I was at eight, four or something. Yeah. Uh, he was the goalie in that. And I thought he, at times he looked strong, but I found it interesting how Dubois and, and Connor pretty much had the same shot on their goals. Uh, Dubois on the power play. So nice win for the J I I think you'd like to see us. Yes, I know I'm kind of going to the buffet here on a number of topics, but the power play, you know, kind of struggled in the, on the road trip one for five last night. You'd like to see them take a bit more advantage, but I guess that, what is that? 20. Twenty percent, oh, one for five. I mean, part okay. of that, part of that also was
1: Kyle Connor was so damn snakebit. I mean, yeah. I <laughs> saw someone. I think it was maybe on Kenny and Rennie last night. Someone said, "Did Montebos stick get one of the three stars?" Because I mean, there was a couple plays you just could not believe. And then he beat him clean one time off the inside of the post and off. I mean, just sometimes that happens. Now, I do think. And uh, listen, I did. I taught you. I told you guys yesterday. The one bet I was making was that Kyle Connor was going to score plus one thirty two. That was a beauty. I think I'm going to ride that prop for the course of the next week or so because uh, it just did seem like you know he just needed one. I guess we'll find out tomorrow because um, that one ended the game. Uh, but I do think we're going to see an uh, and energized Kyle Connor. And a guy that uh, much like a shark that smells blood in the water going to continue shooting six shots on net last night for Kyle Connor, a goal and an assist. And uh, the, the man that got the leather jacket from, uh, from his teammates afterwards, along with Adam Lowry. One of the other things that was interesting, and we've talked about this a little bit, but they did it again. Last night, Reem was starting off overtime with Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton. And, I had a couple of fun conversations with friends afterwards about the strategy and the thought process behind that. And Rick bonus spoke to it after the game. Uh, I believe it was Murat that asked him. Yeah. Um, and I think it comes down to one thing and very, it's pretty simple getting the puck and winning the faceoff. off. Um, like I don't have the faceoff numbers. It certainly looked from where I was sitting that Mark Shifley had an ugly night in the circle last night. And maybe that was just my perception. As I said, I haven't looked it up, but it's pretty clear that to begin overtime right now when like Rick bonus to me is playing the long game in overtime. And I know that sounds sort of funny because it's a five minute, but the jets best player is Connor Hellebuck. And I think they want to give him the best chance to win that game. And guess what? If they don't score and no one scores in five minutes, I think the jets more often than not are going to have the advantage in the shootout because they've got Connor Hellebuck. So I mean, it is somewhat unconventional. And I know a lot of people don't agree with it. But the fact that Lowry and Appleton are able to get the puck right off, cycle, not necessarily maybe score, but wait and take the top players, in this case, Caulfield and Suzuki, off the ice, and then get Shifley and Connor out... um, I can't say that I'm completely against it. I think that if Rick bonus had better, more confidence in those guys, you know, from a defensive standpoint, I guess in the three on three and particularly in the face off, maybe he doesn't start that way, but it's been very interesting to see him do it right now. And so far, Two wins, one loss. And, of course, the loss was the Vegas game where, I mean, it was the top guys, Mark Shifley, on the ice for way too long of a shift. Unfortunately, they got stuck out there, and that was how the Vegas game ended. But uh, it's not something you see too often, but Bones has been going back to it, and um, it's been working.
2: Yeah, last night those guys uh, went on for about 45 seconds. They won the draw, got control, and went off. I'm going to be honest. I said this uh, in the Colorado game. I wasn't a fan of the strategy i think you have five minutes you got to put guys out who can score and uh, you have better scorers on the team um i was a bit puzzled by some of the usage in overtime you know it's fun to debate overtime uh in the vegas game where you know we you know you put lowry and appleton out for two shifts and dubois and wheeler only got one uh Cole perfetti also didn't see the ice in overtime in that loss to vegas so i wonder how that goes now last night it was the uh it was the Lowry and Appleton going on to start? They win the draw, get control. They do switch, and it does give Shifley and Connor a bit of a matchup advantage. They're on for a minute there, and uh, and they end up scoring. So it works. It's worked out uh, a couple times here, but I'll have to say I think you got to put your your best players on the guys who give you the best chance to score. And I don't think those guys do. You can't be playing. You know, the best way to play defense is to get the puck and keep it away. But I guess those guys have definitely done their job. But I don't think. I don't think they're much of a a threat to end the game. Although Pionk did win with that, that blast. So uh, it's worked out so far. It'll be interesting to see how it works out going forward. It's fun to talk about, um, but they're definitely, it seems like they're in favor of that strategy. I'm I'm trying to see what people in in the chat. um, Well, big guy, big guy says
1: Lowry starting in OT shows the Jets. Other centers are weak in the face-off circle. And I I, listen, I'm not going to disagree with that. I mean, I think that is not a strength of the Jets and, you know, certainly of some of those top players. And the thing is, if Mark Scheifele and Kyle Connor are out there in overtime and don't have the puck, that's hmm. not a good situation for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, these guys are incredible players when they have it, but when they don't, um, you know, I think you're far more susceptible to giving up a great A scoring chance that might end up behind Connor Hellebuck. So it is a little bit of a chess game. And again, and I know you are technically right. Hey, you got five minutes to get this done, but I, I think it's important to remember when Connor Hellebeck is your goaltender playing the way he is right now, um, you know, if you can play almost a 50, 50 OT, if it gets that far to a shootout, I think you got a much better chance to win than, uh, than the other club. We'll see what Kenny Weeb has to say about that. He's going to join us a little later on. All right, Reem, we got to talk about this other story that was uh, hot on Twitter last night. Let me just get up the piece. Jacob Staller, good friend of the program. Mm -hmm. Dropped this yesterday in the hockey news. Uh, I tweeted it out. If you want to go to my timeline, you can see it, or you can just go to Jacob at JL Stoller. This is the tweet. Billy Hanela is growing frustrated in the AHL. According to his agent, Elaine Roy, the quest that this is the quote. I think everyone in hockey has that has seen him play realizes he's now at the point where he has made an NHL regular expendable. Roy, Roy told the hockey news and it's a big long uh, column on this Um, and it's not a trade demand it is it's not anything other than frankly what we've been saying for a long time this logjam on defense is untenable you've got a player that has excelled at the American Hockey League level for the last couple of years that certainly feels that he is ready and I know it's a bit of a polarizing topic a lot of people myself included think that you know, we need to see Billy Hainala get an extended run in the National Hockey League, and he brings some things to the team that the Jets don't have right now and would be an improvement. Again, it's a tough question, much like we talked about with Johnny Kovasevich. I mean, okay, you're going to keep him. What does that mean elsewhere? Um, but part of the conversations we had all summer, Remo, was because this was almost inevitable. And as I tweeted last night, the only thing surprising about this is that it sort of took this long for Painla's agent to say something like this. And again, he's not saying, and it's quite clear, I suggest that you all read the article. Not saying that he just deserves a spot, but he's done everything that has been asked of him. He has excelled at that level and seems to be NHL ready. And if you cannot, if there if the the the, the barrier to entry into the lineup consistently stays here in Winnipeg, at some point something's gotta give. And um this was my worry. I mean, to have a disgruntled player that has a lot of potential that could be helping the team, um, you know, not in the mix right now, what that does to, you know, his thoughts about being here in Winnipeg, a place that he apparently really likes, feels comfortable in. Um, but I'm interested in your thoughts, Reem, because if this is not something that's a surprise. I mean, we've talked about this as a potential for happening for a long time ever since he went down earlier this year. And as long as the group for the most part is healthy – and he's not even with the club. Um, it still, it probably seems like the NHL is a long way away for Hanel right now, despite the fact that the team is just down the hall from the Manitoba Moose.
2: Yeah, I'd like to think if there's an injury to Morrissey or Pionk or Demello, he would be the guy to go and fill in. As I've talked about, it's all summer. You know, you go back to Nintendo Ice Hockey. They got a lot of skinny guys. I don't know where he fits in. You brought in Sandberg and Stanley to be the the bigger guys. And Dylan, as well as one of those bigger guys on that back end. And I mean, I don't blame the guy for being kind of frustrated. You you know, you're playing extremely well at the AHL level. You've done it for the last couple of years. Um, And the agent says, we don't want, we're not saying, Hey, this guy is an NHL regular. We're saying, Hey, give him a a shot here. He's definitely earned it. Um, And we said all summer, okay, what are the jets going to do with this logjam of defensemen? They have so many who are NHL uh, capable. Uh, Johnny Kovacevic got dropped on waivers and he's definitely shown that this year with Montreal then they had uh, you know still have Billy Hainala back there in the AHL and he's waiting for an opportunity and you had what Sandberg and Stanley we were arguing okay who's going to grab that last spot so I mean it was three maybe four guys uh, Bianco's in there too who hasn't played yet trying to get that last spot so I don't blame Hainala uh, and I I don't know what you do if they're Jets you just let him let him sit there and I guess they're worried, like, hey, he's kind of not going to be developing any further in the AHL doing the same thing over. He needs to be challenged more at the NHL. And hmm. um, I think it was Elliot reporting earlier this week uh, that, you know, they're kind of just going to – the Jets are going to do things at their own pace, and that's the way that they've done it. But, you know, when you have an injury to a guy like Nikolai Ehlers, maybe you do need to go and make a move and try to bring in a forward. And if you have this guy who's getting kind of frustrated – I don't see what you can do to accommodate him and make your team better. So this is a story we'll be talking about all year. And now look, maybe someone gets injured tomorrow and then, hey, he's called up and he's in, but uh, that's not the case right now. And you do have to wonder when he's going to finally get a shot and make the jump to a regular NHLer.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I know that people are, it's, it's a polarizing topic because I mean, there's a lot of people that have staked their claim. They're either big supporters of Kevin shovel off. There's another group of people that will look for any angle to criticize the general manager. And, you know, some people said, I think I remember who it was responded, you know, this is just another example of the jets consistent mismanagement of young players. And I said, Mm -hmm. listen, there's very much an argument that Billy Hanley should be in the NHL right now but I sort of would push back on their consistent mismanagement of young players. I mean, this is a very unique situation to de- the defense and to the blue line and really to Ville. I mean, Dylan Sandberg's getting in Logan Stanley certainly had plenty of opportunity. Christian Veselainen played 53 games last year, doing absolutely nothing. And Cole Fetty is not only getting an opportunity to play, but playing consistently big, significant minutes in the top six right now. So, uh, you know, as I said, I try to kind of get through the narrative to talk about this particular situation. But this is this has been something that until a move is made has almost seemed inevitable. Reem and the one thing we're going to talk about the, this with Dan Fink right away. The one thing that it consistently is happening is that Vili uh continues to play at an incredibly high level for the Manitoba Moose. Um, and you know, some people will say, "Hey, you know, it's time to trade him. He's a good asset and move him along." I think the Jets are still very much high on Vili, and I don't think that there's any possibility that he gets dealt before he does get that consistent run in the National Hockey League. The big question is when does that happen? And if the fans are asking it, and the media is asking it, you damn well know that the players asking it, and that's what we heard yesterday from his agent.
2: Yeah, there's a number of teams out there with, you know, defensemen who've had injuries. I'm thinking about Toronto who's got some cap space freed up with the Jake Muzzin injury. Do they go and trade uh, a defenseman, one of their veterans to a team with some cap space due to injury and then call up Billy Hainal? Do they trade Billy Hainel for maybe a young forward on another team who's looking for an opportunity? who's kind of blocked as well. I think there's a lot of ways to go, but I, I think at a certain point you're going to have to make a decision. Okay. Is we going to let this guy who's an NHL capable player stay in the AHL? We're going to try to, you know, make room for him and, Improve our team, and I don't know if him playing the whole season in the AHL is, you know, is the best thing for him, and maybe even for the organization. So we'll have to, you know, see how this goes. We've been talking about this since the summer, and and now you've we've reached the point, us, where the agent is speaking out uh for the player. We haven't had this one uh, yet for a while, so. And yeah. I guess and I mean, you know, I... good good for him because the players, I mean, he wants to play. He wants to make the NHL money, and. He's kind of situation where if he was in another organization he would have probably got that shot you would think
1: well and, and listen i mean and he's not the only one i see a comment in chat with declan Chisholm. i mean i was at the game last weekend and we're going to talk to dan Fink about him right away i mean this is another young guy that has come so far uh that i think has major major nhl potential now for Chisholm, it's probably not this season Um, but at a certain point, decisions are going to need to be made. Part of the reason why I had been expecting a move on defense all summer long, as well as training camp was because we knew if it didn't happen, this is where we'd be right now. And as I said, any GM will say, Hey, you know, sometimes guys, he feelings get hurt. We're here to win hockey games. You need a lot of good defense. And we've got them and that's what they want. Um, But it does unfortunately get into situations, you know, with personalities, with players, you know, they're looking out for themselves as well, especially when you're talking about not necessarily just playing time with the team, but which roster you were on uh, that. It's a topic. We'll get to this with Weber coming up. Remo. uh, Great to have you back on the program. Have an awesome weekend. Give my best to the fam. Quickly. How's Evan enjoying being a big brother now?
2: Does he he get Um, it? Yeah, he definitely gets it. We asked him if he wanted to you know, say his baby sister he's like, Where's my dinosaurs? I wanna watch I wanna watch T V. <laughs> so uh he's coming around to the idea that she's gonna be here forever, but uh focused on his he's playing his own ball right now. We'll say that. Focused uh, on his good doing his own thing. Good stuff.
1: Listen, have an awesome weekend, and I will chat over the next little bit, and we'll look forward to uh, getting back to normal in a week after uh, some uh, valuable time with the growing Remus family. Have a great one, dude, and thanks for jumping on today.
2: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
1: Right on. There it is, the reamer with us. Special guest appearance. During his time off. And again, congratulations to the Remus family. All right, we are going to talk Moose coming up, uh, a couple games, and then back to the Jets in about 15 or 20 with Ken Weeb. And don't forget, you football fans, we're not forgetting about the CFL playoffs, Justin Dunk a little bit later on. Uh, quickly before we bring Brink Fink on, big shout out to our friends at Consol- Consolidated Supply. Your first choice for irrigation for lawn and garden to golf consolidated. Brings the highest quality products with exceptional customer service. And hey, they've been the go-to guys in the golf business for decades. Now, why not help them? Uh, let, let them help you get your property or landscaping project looking like some of the nicest courses in and around Manitoba. They're also the golf cart guys, club car dealers, both for personal and industrial. You need a four or six seater for a warehouse. Talk to the gang over at Consolidated Supply what I didn't know when I went down with talking with Joe and spicy was that they also have the best selection of small engine parts, but I guess that goes well with, you know, many of the things that they're doing along with the golf carts. And now they've got hot tubs, they've got outdoor kitchens, barbecues, and more. And of course, artificial turf as well. If you want to, Maybe build that dream putting green in the backyard or somewhere else on the property. Pop down and see the guys, great supporters and listeners of WST, Spicy Joe and the gang. They're all waiting for you. 1395 Niaqua Road East or online at cte.ca and they're just newly relaunched or a website. Vita Health Fresh Market has great prices on natural organic supplements, beauty products and groceries and Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products too. November is considered Men's Health Month, fellas, and choosing the right natural health products are key. Vita Health carries everything you need to help relieve prostate issues, reduce stress, and support mental focus from Canadian brands like Prairie Naturals, who donate a portion of sales to the Canadian Men's Health Foundation. And if you can't make it down to one of the stores, you can visit their new fully shoppable website to buy online, schedule a delivery or in-store pickup. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives, locally owned. Since 1936, seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. And it's getting a little chillier, folks, and we're seeing a lot of snow out west. You know it's coming here soon. Have you finished all of your winterization? One of the things you might have forgot about is your garage door. And Wallace & Wallace, the garage door experts, can help you out with that. Now, listen, you're going to want to do a quick pressure wash or hose down to protect the life of your door. You're also gonna to wanna to make sure your photo eyes blocked, dirty, or misaligned. And if it's noisy, you gotta lubricate your rollers and hinges with a high quality lithium or silicon-based grease. But you can also call Wallace & Wallace and take advantage of their winter maintenance program with the experts. It's a version of their medical checkup for your door. Technicians will poke and prod their way through a 21-point checklist, making sure your door is ready for the winter ahead. To book your service call, go to wallacedoors.com or call them at 452 All right, let's get back to talking some puck. Had a good chat with this young man at the game last night as he gets ready to get back in the booth this evening. Let's welcome in the voice of the Manitoba Moose, Dan Fink, to the program. Fink, what's going on? How would you How uh, enjoy being a fan last night?
0: Oh, it's always good to uh, to slide on up into the press box, sit down, watch some hockey for uh, for a couple hours and not have to really think about it too much. Good to see... Uh, some of the guys, uh, always the, the Moose alumni in the lineup for the Jets, or Moose alumni in the lineup for uh, the Montreal Canadiens, as the case may be. Yesterday, but uh, yeah, it was always it was good to watch the game from up top, and uh, you know get a couple get a head start
1: on a couple things for today for the Moose game. Well, you got it. Of course, the uh, Moose uh, with the Texas Stars in town, and we'll kind of tee up the weekend for the Moose in just a second. Uh, but let me ask you, man, a guy that we did not see last night, but just got a recall was Jansen Harkins. And you know, there was a lot of talk in training camp and in the preseason about the competition for spots on the roster and on the fourth line. Um, newcomers like Sam Gagne and Saku Menalainen and then the waiver pickup of Axel Johnson Fialbi made things pretty tight. And unfortunately for Jansen Harkins, he cleared waivers and was sent to the Manitoba Moose. My God. he uh, You know, for anyone thought that he might be in a bad state of mind or anything like that going back down to the Moose He was absolutely phenomenal. You were calling all those games. I mean, just tell us about that couple weeks for Hark and what got him called back up to the Jets.
0: Yeah, it's always interesting when a guy gets sent down, you're never sure how quickly they're going to acclimate or whether there might be some lingering frustration that bleeds into their game. It happens, um, but it didn't for Jansen Harkins. He he took it to heart what he needed to do, and he got right into the action and didn't stop him he had a point in every game that he played he had uh, goals in all but one of the games he Had a five goal games or uh, five game goal streak at one point so uh, he did exactly what he was called upon to do he was a leader for the club in the dressing room and uh, you know what it was very interesting because Jansen Harkins was a pointer game player when he left the moose back in 2019-20 ended up being named the moose mvp despite only playing 30 games that year uh, tells you some of the impact he had that season on the moose and he's a far better player now uh, than he was back then. It was it was something to behold. And uh, when you have a guy that has the skill that Jansen Harkins does, uh, he can really produce at the AHL level. And when he's playing with that third, fourth line mentality of a NHL player, just absolutely going to battle in the corners and just playing at full pace every shift. Uh, He was causing a lot of problems for other teams. So uh, he definitely did what he was called upon to do and uh, great to see him get the opportunity back with the jets.
1: Uh, Dan, you know, we were just talking with, uh, with Remo about um, Billy Hanel and, you know, the situation that that he's been in and we knew that, you know, this is a very competitive business and there is a lot of quality defensemen in the organization. And probably a big part of it was the waiver eligibility and Billy going back down. Um, you know, from the games that I've seen, it's nothing's affecting his play right now. I mean, um, you're the best guy to talk to about this because you're the one watching and calling all of his action. Um, how good has he been so far? How important has he been for the Manitoba Moose? And maybe just discuss both he and Declan Chisholm, how they have contributed to the success of the team so far.
0: I think there's been a bit of an adjustment um, for all those defensemen. I mean, really, when you think about it, last season the Moose had uh, – a couple of guys named Dylan Sandberg and Johnny Kovacevic patrolling their blue line. And you could put those two out and they were going to solve a lot of problems for you when it came to the top matchups that they were playing against. Well, now it's guy, it's Billy Hanela and Simon Lundmark has been the pairing and Declan Chisholm and Leon Gavonk has been the pairing. So they're doing a little more heavy lifting on the defensive side of the puck. Um, so that's definitely some good learning opportunity for them. And and it's what they need to go through because they got to play against those top guys. Cause those top guys are all of a sudden Fourth line, third line guys in the National Hockey League. So uh, it's a great opportunity for those guys to all learn. I think uh, th- there's been an adjustment period with that, and uh, we're seeing some uh, maybe some passes and things like that. Guys try and do maybe a little too much in the early going, and uh, Eric Dubois has been talking them through everything in that regard. And uh, I think we're seeing that starting to come around. So it's uh, for for the offensive guys on the offensive side of the puck. mean, Declan Chisholm has seven points in seven games. I uh, can't uh, argue with the results there offensively, and Billy Hainala, I think all of his four assists are primary helpers. So uh, when you have guys that are creative like that, with that skill on the back end, the Moose can always rely on them to to generate a little offense uh, if the forwards aren't going. But that really hasn't been too much of a problem so far. But um, for those forwards that love to get to the front of the net and muck around, it is certainly valuable to have some D-men like Chisholm, Hainala, Gavanka, who can really get the puck to the net.
1: You know, I know Billy gets a lot of the, uh, the talk because I mean, Hey, he's a top prospect. He's played incredibly well. He's a first rounder, but I want to ask you about Chisholm. He came in far less heralded, I guess is, you know, not a first round pick. How, how would you compare him today as a defenseman to the guy you saw come in on day one with the Manitoba Moose? How far has he come? How much has he improved?
0: Deep questions today, Hus. Um Yeah, it's it's been it's been fun to watch. I mean, here's here's a guy who came in was a very good producer in in junior hockey. Uh, there was no question to the offensive talent, um, but uh, obviously at at his size and a guy like that that is very much an offensive defenseman. There's some questions about how well they're going to defend. Um, but when you can move like Declan Chisholm can, uh, that will account for a lot of issues that maybe not being the biggest guy on the ice will cause because he can get in front of plays. He can read plays well. He's going to make things happen with his feet to get plays uh, going off the wall, things like that, and avoid contact. So um, he's really come a long way in that regard. And certainly, Uh, you've been able to see the progression offensively because that takes a little bit too, especially going from junior to pro. There's a lot less room out there. Uh, There's a lot more pressure at the points, things like that. He's not going to have as much time and space. So uh, he's been able to use uh, his forwards well. And on top of that, He's got a very, very—he's got very good chemistry with his defense partner Leon Gavanka, and they've been paired together now for two seasons, and that certainly is helpful, especially in a league like the American Hockey League where things can change daily. Those two have pretty much been a fixture for the Moose, so uh, that's certainly helpful for the both of them.
1: Fink, uh, <laughs> you know, Chaz and Lambo, or Lambo and Chaz—it sounds like like a buddy cop movie from the '80s, um, but of course, <laughs> I'm referring to the two first rounders that are making their uh, debut in North American professional hockey. Uh, unfortunately, Lambo was uh, sick on the Saturday game the last time I was out at the rink, um, so I didn't get to see him, saw him early on. And the way he was being used by Mark Morrison was really interesting, especially on the power play, really in that Nikolai Ehlers role with that blazing speed, picking up the puck with speed, getting the zone entries. Um, but just fill us in on the first few weeks of Brad Lambert and Chaz Lucius playing with the Manitoba Moose.
0: Yeah, obviously, when, when you have two young guys, and I think we've talked about this uh, earlier on in the season, too, when you have two young guys like that, it's it's rare that you have 19-year-olds playing in the American Hockey League, much less 18-year-olds. Um, so, for those two to, to, to get some real experience at the pro level has is, is been pretty valuable. I think they've they've learned a lot. Obviously, like you said, uh, Lambert missed last weekend due to an illness. Not sure if he's in the lineup here tonight uh, either. But... Um, what those guys are learning on a daily basis, not even just on the ice, but off the ice from the veterans in the room, from the coaching staff, how to take care of themselves, how to be a professional in North America, because it, it is a little different than playing over in Europe because Lambert does have that experience of being a pro in Europe. I and mean, we were talking to a uh, weird comparison to make because he's a goalie, but Arvid Holm last year said he went through a lot of adjustment coming over to North America, and he's feeling a lot more comfortable this year, and that's played itself out in results. So uh, for Lambert coming over, there's obviously a little more comfort with Canada, but uh, still a big adjustment for Lucius coming into professional hockey out of amateur. is a a big jump. So uh, both guys have certainly put their talents on display. I mean, it's so easy to see the speed and skill that uh, Brad Lambert does bring to the ice. Uh, Maybe learning a bit more of the the things going on in his own end where Chaz Lucius, you you see such a smart player, knows where to be on the ice, gets into the right spots. Uh, make some good reads defensively as well. And I think that's one thing that you always look for in young guys is, is how quickly they pick up the defensive side of the puck, because it's so important at the pro level, you're just not going to get away with as much stuff. So uh, when you look at how those guys progress, obviously, it's been a handful of games. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where they go from here. But uh, it's it's certainly exciting to see those young guys in the lineup.
1: Yeah, Moose now five, one, and one through seven games. They're playing tonight and Sunday afternoon this weekend. Then kind of the usual college schedule early on with mostly weekend games early on in the season for the Moose. But a great start. And can't go down the list of you know some of the early contributors without talking about Mikey Isimont. And I thought he really stood out at camp. I mean, he wasn't a guy that I think was on the top of the radar for a lot of people following the team. I think he barged into that conversation. And the other guy that you can't help miss when you're watching the Manitoba Moose is the big frame of Kevin Stenland in the middle. Both of those guys off to really good starts this year in the American League.
0: Yeah, I mean, Mikey Acemont just slams the throttle into overdrive and keeps it there every game it is impressive to watch that guy go and the consistency that he brings uh to be just the biggest pain in the backside uh that you have ever seen and ever dealt with it's always interesting to see through these two game series how long it lasts before somebody tries to take his head off but um when you're able to produce in a role like that and really back up what you do by creating that offense, just by being on the right side of the puck and just attacking, attacking, attacking. And We are talking about guys that uh, the young young kids can learn from. Well, there's one right there in Mikey Acemont, just the consistency that he brings and the attack and the pace that he plays with. And you were mentioning Kevin Stenland as well. And there's a guy that uh, has just been cleaning up in front of the net, a couple of good goals already just by being in the right spot, by absorbing some of those cross-checks uh, in front, using that big frame to his advantage. Here's a guy who's played, I believe, around 70 games in the National Hockey League. He knows what it takes to be successful in that place, and uh, he's had a pretty good start. Not a guy who's had huge offensive numbers in the American Hockey League to this point of his career, but off to a really nice start at a point per game. So uh, when you look at this Moose lineup, again, I don't much similar to last year, I don't know that they're going to blow you away with their skill every mm-hmm. night. Uh, but the work ethic, and that's something that Mark Morrison always preaches, compete, compete, compete uh, with what those guys can do. And then you start to mix in some guys like the Meyer Poli Jones unit, uh, guys like Alex Lemoge, who have brought a little more skill, Jeff Malott, Christian Reichel, uh, Daniel Torgerson, and Henry and on the younger side of things. Uh, these are all guys with something in common, and that's they are going to compete. And that's what the coach wants to see, and that's what he's going to preach day in and day out. And uh, when you start putting four lines on the ice, because the Moose can do that. They can roll through their four lines no matter who they're playing against. Uh, That's a a nice consistency to have, and it certainly wears on teams.
1: Daniel Fink is the voice of the Moose. Moose in action tonight, Canada Life Centre, 7 o'clock, and then Sunday afternoon at 2. I think I want to talk to you about a big event coming up in December for the club that fans need to know about. But before we get to that, tee up the weekend, what fans need to know and what they'll see if they come out and check out the Hurt.
0: Well, I think you're going to see a couple of really good games. I mean, this Texas team looking down the roster is really, really good. I mean, they returned almost their entire blue line from last year. They got a few guys that have uh, come to the club from the Dallas Stars that played most or all of the season in the National Hockey League uh, last season. So I think you're going to see a pretty good matchup between two pretty strong teams here uh, this weekend. So if if the action on the ice wasn't enough, uh also a couple of great dates here we got the friday night kick off your weekend the right way and then sunday's a team poster giveaway team poster is real slick this year so be sure to get out on sunday that's a two o'clock game um but yeah it should be two really good hockey games at the base level and always a fun atmosphere at the moose game bring out the kids uh let them dance in the stands a little bit uh, and uh, let the beats pump and it's uh it's gonna be a great weekend really looking forward to it moosehockey.com slash tickets to get yours
1: yeah. And I'll tell you what, um, this would be a great year, especially for, you know, for the kids to get a moose team poster, because I think, I mean, looking not only is this a stacked of moose team that I can remember, I mean, talent top to bottom forward, one to 12 blue line, goaltending, um, really, really fun to watch. And I think there's going to be a number of players right now in this lineup that end up graduating and being significant contributors to the national hockey league. So that'll be great. Now, listen, Fink, before we go, um, this can can I debut this? Can I show this off and let people know what's Absolutely. coming up on the Absolutely. 11th of December? So kind of uh, getting November. into the November. Excuse me, excuse me. The World next Cup week. of the uh, so that's next, gotcha. next week. Um, the excitement of the upcoming World Cup. The Moose are doing a soccer game, and folks, check this out. You like those soccer scarves? How about this? The Manitoba Moose Hockey Club. I'll show this. Manitoba made it is a beautiful beautiful scarf and this is uh well I'm, fill people in on how they can get this they turned out amazing thanks so much for this Remo I got one for you um this would be a great night to get out and be a part of what would be uh, a really fun atmosphere and a, and a new promotion for the club
0: yeah I'm always in awe of how well those turned out because I hadn't I hadn't seen them at all I hadn't seen any mock-ups or anything like they're that beautiful. they showed up and they're absolutely gorgeous that the light blue on the dark blue mm. The checker. Yeah, exactly. Show off that checker pattern, too. They really pulled in like all the classic soccer scarf looks too, to all the different aspects with the two tone. And yeah, it, it just turned out so nice. And on top of that, they feel real nice. They're real comfortable. So they look good and they'll keep you warm during during the cold winters. So uh, that's that's real exciting. I'm really looking forward to this uh, to this soccer game again coming up on Friday, November 11th um it's I, I think it's gonna be a really fun atmosphere i mean you're re- trying to reach out to a segment that you know, some folks won't have come to a hockey game yet uh and uh, kind of extending the olive branch i mean a couple of guys from valor fc are going to be in the building as well so it's it's a cool thing kind of bringing together the sports we did it last year with the baseball game but uh you know the the atmosphere at soccer games is just so cool um, and I think that's something that uh, I'd, I'd love to hear some chants get going in the building or something like that I don't think we want to see any like flares pop off or anything like that that might be a little <laughs> extreme but uh, but I, I'm looking forward to it I think it's gonna be a lot of fun and of, of course the excitement of the World Cup coming up as well so there's, there's a lot of reasons to, to get excited for that game. And on top of that, it's the first time the Calgary Wranglers are in town, so I uh, get to see a brand new AHL team with some pretty cool-looking jerseys. Uh, it's a six o'clock puck drop for that, bit of a different time on the Friday because it is uh, because of the day that it is. Um, so a bit earlier puck drop, which is which is great for families, of course. Um, but yeah, we're really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Hoping to welcome some uh, folks who haven't been to a. We're trying to do that every game looking forward to welcoming some folks who haven't been to hockey games before but uh, kind of bringing together the fandoms it's what we're all about so it's uh, it's really looking forward to it. And again first 3000 fans through the doors get that scarf so it's pretty easy to get your hands on just get down to the game and uh, take in some hockey and enjoy your beautiful new scarf.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I mean, I'll tap into my uh, former life doing tickets and working on the other side. If you're thinking about maybe doing a group or you want to do like a wind-up with the soccer team that maybe you didn't get a chance to do, get the kids out. I mean, this is a perfect game to do it coming up on the 11th. And yes, I'm getting absolutely murdered in the chat right now for how uncoordinated I look trying to display this beautiful, beautiful scarf. It's not not
0: short. I mean, there's a lot there to deal with.
1: (laughs) Uh, I will take it. Hey, just quickly on the way. Are, are you getting ready for any special calls? Will we get a goal I then, uh, think, <laughs> for the soccer game I think on, the, I'll leave on OB that and newshockey.com? Uh,
0: I think I'll leave that one to the, the, the professionals there because uh, I don't know if I can keep it going for that long. Some of those guys, I don't know if they breathe at all during a game, which is very impressive to me. But uh, yeah, I think I'll leave that one to the professionals. But uh, it's yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm gonna toss in one more plug here, just kind of on my way out the door, just because it does take some time to plan. Not sure how many teachers are gonna be watching right now. Uh, maybe they're on their spare or something like that. But we do have that school day game coming up on December first, which is a Thursday. It's an eleven o'clock puck drop. And uh, there's a great opportunity to uh, bring out the students. Uh, it's going to be all based around Project 11, mental health, things like that, which is such an important message to get out to the kids. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Already have some great numbers for that. It is going to be deafening in that building. I think it's going to be great to have all the kids. It's the first time we've ever been able to do this, uh, trying to knock it out of the park first go around. So uh, be sure to check out moosehockey.com slash game if you are a teacher and interested in bringing your class out
1: fig have a great or call just tonight and ditching work yeah <laughs> believe me that's one of the best part about those day game Goldeye games you can pop by get something to eat enjoy a great game and uh, yeah, maybe cut out a little early have a great call tonight and good luck to the team thanks for doing this pal
0: thanks a lot hustle we'll talk to you soon
1: great stuff all right uh good, moosehockey.com for all that information and uh, man we got a lot of great hockey options this weekend moose tonight Tomorrow afternoon, Jets and Blackhawks. We're going to talk about that with Weber coming up in just a second. Ice tomorrow night at home at the Ice Cave. And then Sunday afternoon, matinee once again at Candlelight Center for the Manitoba Moose. Monday will be at a quieter day. And then huge one to, for the Jets to finish off this road trip with the Dallas Stars, who are right now two points up on the Jets in first place in the Central Division. Um, all right. Hey, why not question of the day? We're going to get into this with Ken right away. Um your thoughts on what we just talked about with the comments from Billy Hanela's agent and the situation with the Manitoba Moose. He's one of the more polarizing players, I guess. I mean, uh, put it this way. Do you think Billy Hanela is ready for the National Hockey League right now? Would you prefer to see him in the in the mix with the Winnipeg Jets? Or do you think the best thing for the player in the organization is continued development with the Manitoba moose hit us up in the comments here in the YouTube channel and of course we'll always take your thoughts in the chat room for everyone that's with us live on YouTube um not autocorp oh man I was talking to Trev we might be doing a little west final get ticket giveaway next week not of course great sponsors and proud supporters of the bombers going to be going to the game with the not crew on the 13th so make sure to join us next week when uh, we hope to be doing a little giveaway with our friends at not autocorp of course not is the spot to start any search for a new vehicle or talk to them about improving yours or heck they also are the consignment experts if you're looking to get top dollar for your vehicle, but don't want people coming by your house and don't want the hassle of making it happen. Not AutoCorp has it all. And don't forget, gang, with winter just around the corner, winter tire specials are on right now and the MPI payment plan. Why not get safe winter tires now and pay later? And why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? Pop down and see in Waverly and McGillivray and online at Not.ca. Uh, The gang at Royal Sports ready for the weekend. And uh, man, there's so much going on right now. The Jets obviously well into the season. New jerseys and more. Debut of the reverse retros tomorrow afternoon. They'll have those in a matter of a couple days. So if you're looking to get your hands on the newest Winnipeg Jets jersey, Royal will have you covered. They got great new bomber gear in time for the West Final, including new toques and scarfs. They're absolutely beautiful. And of course, the biggest selection of NFL merchandise, Major League Baseball, NBA, and of course, World Soccer and Canada Soccer headquarters. If you want to get your red and white on, getting ready to support our team as they return to the World Cup for the first time since 1986. Royal Sports, also the hockey superstore for 40 years, 750 Pemina Highway. And make sure to check them out on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemeda for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And yes, when Remo's back, we will be doing a suit show. I might even have to break the suit out this weekend. Um, But again, I can't wait to do it because I just got a new one from F Apparel, the leader in custom suits for men. Uh, All you need to do is pop on down to F Apparel and make an appointment at F. That's ephapparel.com. Andrew and his gang measured me up. I picked the style I wanted, the colors, the fabrics. A few weeks later, I had a beautiful new custom suit, along with as I showed off the WST logo on the inside. So lots of really cool things that they can do for you. And again, guys, if you are in a wedding coming up for next summer, Pop down to F right now if you get your suits booked and measured before the end of November. Great special. Free shirt for everyone in the wedding party and 10% off all of your orders. And, of course, those custom suits begin at $400. F Apparel, 190 Smith Street downtown and online, ephapparel.com. All right. Let's uh. Chop it up with Weber. Lots to talk about coming out of the Jets' win last night against the Montreal Canadiens. We will get to the CFL playoffs a little later on. Justin Dunk coming up in about half an hour. But uh, Weeb's World himself joins us after a fun k last night, after a pretty fun night in the building. Kenny, how are you?
3: Uh, I'm excellent, uh, hustler. Uh, great to be with you and uh, always great to be chopping it up on a Friday. Yes, great. Uh, there will be, I enjoyed your goal call, by the way, Huss. Uh, you sh- you got to get that one. Uh, we got to get that one on the GIF. Uh, run it alongside <laughs> my hedge- head snap from last year when the Rangers had their firings. Maybe we can get a little bit of cross promotion happening.
1: Yeah, another another all time another all time WST moment that has been immortalized in a GIF that is widely available on the internet right now. Um, listen, there's a lot of things I want to talk about about the team right now with you, but let's start off with last night. Um, and maybe this week overall, um I talked plenty this week about the frankness and the honesty we've heard first of all from Coach Rick Bonus when he returned to practice on Tuesday after what was on paper a very successful road trip, but so far away from the blueprint of the way his staff wants his team to play that there was a lot of work to be done and I was suggesting I'd like to see the Jets come out and play almost guilty, and when you get busted doing something you get another chance to do it, you got to make sure you're absolutely meticulous getting it right. Um, That was what I saw. I mean, listen, this was by no means a perfect performance, but the team was certainly engaged. I thought they got better through the game, much like they did in that St. Louis game. And, you know, in a 2-2 game going into the third period, really flexed themselves on Montreal in the third period. It didn't help in the 60 minutes, but Kyle Connor finally getting rewarded for all of his chances, and the Jets get a big, big two points. Ken, How did you see it last night at Canada Life Centre?
3: Yeah, it's interesting how, I mean, obviously the Jets put those words into action. Uh, obviously the frankness was a, a hot button topic uh, for us in the media, of course, uh, knowing that Rick Bonus had asked for a lot more and the players were asking more of themselves as well. I think that's an important part of this uh, also. It's not like the players were surprised by the head coach saying they needed to be better. I mean, this was, this was already talked about openly by Brendan Dillon after the game on Sunday in Vegas that the Jets, uh, you know, basically had no business being in that game other than Connor Hellebuck. But, I mean, the goaltender, uh, the elite goaltender gets paid too, as the saying goes. Uh, the Jets were uh, much better in terms of their puck management, in terms of their structure, uh, you know, in a lot of ways in terms of their discipline. Uh, and overall, they they played a solid effort. And the, the other part of the discussion, aside from the need for a better start, which had plagued them in all three games, was the need to make life a little bit easier on that world-class goaltender in Connor Hellebuck. Uh, who only had to face 22 shots i mean yes a couple of those were of the you know grade a variety and of of the high danger quality but for the most part the jets did a nice job of limiting the offense from the montreal Canadiens. so their volume was down considerably from what we saw Mm -hmm. in vegas so those were important steps forward and huss you're right i mean let's not kid ourselves blake wheeler said it to me uh we know that this is the case i mean the jets need kyle connor going and you could tell by the uh, veracity of the celebration that Kyle Connor uh, was quite relieved to leave that eight game goalless drought in the rearview mirror on a night where he could have had between three and six. And I'm not exaggerating. He had six shots on goal, 12 shot attempts. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would say at least five of them were grade A quality. And I understand that the grade A doesn't count when it's off the post, but let's not kid ourselves when Neil Pionk passes to Kyle Connor on the back door and he has the goalie beaten, it's still a high danger chance, even though it's not recorded as a shot on goal.
1: Yeah. He was everywhere last night. And, you know, I really thought that we'd see that from Connor over the course of the road trip. And he, I mean, to be honest, they didn't have the puck a lot (laughs) in most of those games. I mean, it wasn't, um, you know, it's tough to score when you're chasing. And, That was the case. But for them to come back last night, play the way that they did, uh, and, and in particular, Kyle Connor. I mean, he seemed to be a man on a mission and certainly was finally rewarded at a very important time for the Jets. The top line was interesting. Sam Gagne was up there for a while. Mason Appleton came back in the third period at times and then we saw, I think it had probably a lot to do with, Don't get your take on this, um, you know, some special teams who was out there when they were out as to how they worked. What do you make it like, as long as Nikolai Ehlers is out of the lineup, what are your thoughts on the pros and cons of Gagne and Appleton in that spot? And obviously what that means for the other lines, depending on who's up with Shifley and Kyle Connor.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think you can expect to see the variety pack a little bit here. Obviously I love the start. I thought Gagne was really doing a nice job in terms of his uh, puck distribution with that line early on. I actually would also like to say, I think Mason Appleton looked so much you know, more like himself playing on that line with Adam Lowry. I thought that Mason Appleton was excellent during the first two periods, which is why he earned the promotion to the top line in the third period. Uh, some of it was matchup related. Some of it was special teams related. Uh, I don't think it, you know some people see Sam Gagne take two or three shifts on the fourth line and think, oh my God, what's happening? Well, this is more related to the grander scheme, Huss. Rick Bonus wanted Adam Lowry's line out against Nick Suzuki's line and he wanted the speed of Axel Janssen-Fialbi out there instead of the passing ability and smarts of Sam Gagne. I mean, it's not that he was demoting him. Oh my God, he was playing terrible on the first line. Here, go on the fourth for a while. Nothing to do with that at all. And it was not an indictment on Sam Gagne. It just was situational in terms of how it was going. I mean, fans should realize like, look at the usage of Sam Gagne. He bumped Blake Wheeler off the top power play unit, and he spent a good chunk of the game on the top line. It's not that the coach doesn't like what he's seeing from Sam Gagne. So this is what we talked about so much with other players. Rick Bonus is looking for the sweet spot in minutes for Sam Gagne. There's no other way to interpret it other than thinking Rick Bonus doesn't think Sam Gagne is ready to play 20 minutes a night. And that's not a knock on Sam Gagne. The guy's 33 years old and closing in on 1,000 games. It's the same as what we talked about with Blake Wheeler, who's playing at a higher level now, that he's playing 16 minutes instead of 21. I mean, that's not a knock on the player. It's trying to find the sweet spot for usage. So do I think we can see Sam Gagne on the top line again on Saturday against the Chicago Blackhawks? Absolutely. Do I expect him to play 20 minutes? Absolutely not. And again, that's not a knock on the coaching staff or the player. They're trying to find a sweet spot in terms of usage, in terms of what's clicking. I thought that line was clicking a lot for a good chunk of the game, but I think they just wanted a little bit more speed on that line in the third period, which is why Appleton got the bump. And also it was a you know a tip of the hat or a stick tap to Appleton, who was quite effective on that third line checking line as the game wore on as well.
1: Yeah, I will say this. I thought Sangagna had a really rough second period. He was I mean, there's a oh, few okay. giveaways. Well, I mean, like like like, like I, said, I I thought he started out well and and listen, you know what you're getting from him. He's a veteran player. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that knows the game. Um it just wasn't clicking there for a little bit in the, in the second period. And I wasn't really surprised they tried a few different things, but again, uh, scenarios situations in the game I think are going to dictate some different looks for those players. Um and And listen, speaking of that, it's kind of an interesting segue into the overtime strategy we're seeing with this club right now. It is unconventional probably to throw out the likes of Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton. But um, I think it tells us a lot about Rick Bonus, what he likes about his club, and what he realizes might be problematic. And you need uh, what, what My take on this is that Rick Bonus knows that his best chance to win the hockey game, is if Kyle Connor and Mark Scheifele are out there with the puck. And whether it be faceoffs, I think that's a huge part of it. And he basically spoke to it after the game. But also, those guys aren't elite checkers, shall we say. And in a three on three game, if they're spending the first minute or whatever chasing the puck around and going off, that's not getting the Jets closer to winning the hockey game. There's also the fact that if you go through as a push through five minutes, you've got Connor Hellebuck in net. For the shootout, and you probably should have an advantage against most teams in that. Um, where are you at on that, uh, uh, Ken? And were you surprised? Are you surprised that it's continued after the Colorado game, or is this sort of the blueprint of how this Winnipeg Jets club can survive part of overtime and give themselves the best chance to win?
3: Yeah, I mean, a sample size is very small, Huss, But I mean, coaches, you know, go with what's worked for them. And yeah, you're right. Rick Bonus flat out said it was twofold. A it's face-off related uh, because Lowry has been doing you know a pretty good job on that front, and B, it's to potentially give you know Shifley and Connor not an easier matchup but a different matchup. The other team goes with their best offensive players. Well, that means Shifley and you know Connor are probably going to get the second set of two forwards, which is still a high-end skill set on most teams, but it does help give them a little bit of a you know a decisive edge. And what do we see on that second shift of overtime us? Those three guys, including Josh Morrissey, distributed the puck so well. They're looking for little two-on-ones around the ice. And lo and behold, there's Kyle Connor with the puck on his stick and alone, ripping the puck by Samuel Montembeau. And sorry, I guess I should say it wasn't the, it was necessarily the second shift. They got a second turn out there. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and again, they had that earlier chance with the one-timer from Connor to Shifley, which was an absolute rocket so hard of a shot that it knocked the stick right out of the hands yeah, of Samuel moulton moment. Like, that was an absolutely beautiful pass by Kyle Connor to Mark Shifley, who absolutely ripped it. And again, we should talk about this too. I mean, Mark Shifley was joking around. He didn't use the word Cy Young, but he was almost beside himself when we talked to him in Vegas about not having an assist and being at the 6-0 record, uh, a la a Justin Verlander type, uh, you know, headed towards a Cy Young and now he's happy. Verlander was 0-6
1: going into last night <laughs> in the World Series. Well,
3: in the World Series, but, I, I mean, in those Cy Young years, there were a few 6-0 and starts. But, uh, you know, Shifley snaps the bagel, uh, you know, with the smart play in overtime. But, I mean, all three of those guys did an exceptional job. And it super interesting, right? Because almost all of last year, or, I mean, for almost a two-year span, Paul Maurice went with a three-forward attack. I mean, will we see that again at some point? from Rick Bonus. Right now, he doesn't have to see it because he's gotten results from using two checkers and a defenseman, and then also activating Josh Morrissey back in terms of, you know, he, I can't say this enough. I know you and I talk about it a little bit. Josh Morrissey, again, is, is leading the Jets in scoring, and he's playing at such a high level. I understand some of the underlying numbers with him and Pionk are not the best. That's not because of Josh Morrissey. Josh Morrissey is playing at an extremely high level, Despite blocking a shot off of his foot early in the season, he's playing high end minutes and doing just a fabulous job. Bolt at even strength on the penalty kill. You know, could the power play improve, of course, but I'm not just pinning that on Josh Morrissey. That unit as a whole needs more motion and they need to shoot the puck more from more dangerous spots. Pierre Luc Dubois' goal is a prime example of that. How often have we seen Pierre Luc Dubois come off those boards with a shot? I almost can't remember it happening one time since he came to Winnipeg, because he's normally not on that side of the ice. But you saw some motion. Obviously, the Jets had a plan of going kind of mid-glove on Montembeau. It's the exact place Kyle Connor scored his overtime winner as well. So anyways, sorry for the aside with Josh Morrissey. I just think that it's something that's kind of flown under the radar uh, with the Jets this year, and not just because he's leading the team in scoring. I just think he's moving the puck so efficiently, getting up the ice, He's very active. If you watch his footwork, his ability to walk the line and do some of those things at a time where, you know, the defense core as a whole has been under siege at times. Uh, I don't think we've been talking about that enough, but, uh, you know, stick tap uh, as well there to Josh Morrissey for his ability to have a big impact on hockey games uh, so far through the first 10. Uh,
1: one guy that really stepped up and was everywhere last night was Pierre-Luc Dubois. (laughs) And, um, Listen, he wasn't very good, but he had a lot of company on that road trip. I mean, uh, what did you think of his game? And, um, you know, how do they, I mean, what is the key to basically get that Dubois more consistently? Because he was a problem all night long for the Montreal Canadiens.
3: Yeah, was he ever us? Uh, it's interesting. I mean, obviously we know uh, it's a bit of a circus when the uh, Canadians media rolls through town. There were a couple of the reporters, uh, Guillaume, and one of one of the other guys from the from the French media corps were in Arizona and spoke with Dubois a little bit after he set up Blake Wheeler for the overtime winner. But you know, Dubois did a full scrum. You know, it was probably ten to twelve minutes in French yesterday morning, uh, on uh, you know on Thursday with the Canadians in town. Then he did another you know you know six minutes with uh, the local fellas and gals in Winnipeg as well prior to the game. And the thing that stood out for me, Huss, was that we saw the Dubois that we saw last year on so many occasions at the podium showing accountability, flat out saying you know, he hated the way the team played in Vegas, but felt it was one of the worst games of his career. So for me, as soon as I heard Dubois say that, I had a pretty good feeling that he was going to be a force uh, and I get it. I mean, social media blowing up saying, "Oh well, Dubois just wants to impress, impress his future team and impress his future general manager." I mean, give me a break. Uh, that's just not the way that it works. I mean, is it a, well, give, him a up, give him a wake up? Give him a wake up. That's that's a full that's a full wake up on that one. <laughs> uh, all the pure Luke Dubois cares about right now is playing better. He said it himself. I played one of the worst games of my career. He does not want to be that player. He wants to help the team that he's currently playing with and all the other stuff will take care of itself down the road. That is the blue. We talked so much this week about blueprints. That is the Pierre-Luc Dubois blueprint, an absolute force around the ice, winning individual battles, drawing penalties, getting to dangerous areas, creating room for Blake Wheeler and Cole Perfetti, and then ripping home a shot and a second shot that gets banged home by Blake Wheeler and survives the coach's challenge. That's the Pierre-Luc Dubois we saw a lot last year, and Rick Bonus needs to see that version of Dubois a lot more during this next 72-game stretch. When he plays at that level with that level of engagement us, that is when the Jets have one of the most dynamic one, two punches down the middle, and we'll include the three and four this year as well because of the job that Gustin's doing on the fourth line. And Adam Lowry's going a long way to quiet a lot of those critics who say all Adam Lowry is, is a fourth line player who doesn't produce. That gets another wake up from me, Hus, because Adam Lowry is playing in the first half like Adam Lowry played in the second half of last year after the tough offensive start. He's not only checking against the other team's best on a lot of nights, he's producing it basically just over a 0.5 per game pace. Can he keep that up? Nobody knows. It's unlikely based on his history, but Adam Lowry is contributing offensively on the penalty kill at even strength. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's something the Jets needed more of. And I'm not here to say the Jets didn't need more from that line, but they're getting more. And they were getting more from Morgan Barron until he went under the knife for wrist surgery. I felt that Morgan Barron was playing his best hockey as a member of the Jets before. Now he's going to be out for four or five weeks, but Adam Lowry talked about it going into the year, needing to contribute more offense. And he's been able to do that in the early stage of the season here.
1: Well, let me say this about Lowry as well. Um, and and like, I still don't know who the energy, the energy guy is on this team. I mean, sometimes and Rick bonus said, I mean, the lack he was surprised at the lack of passion and energy there. And that's, not something you want to have associated with your team, but when the Jets were looking as bad as they've looked in a long, long time against the LA Kings and against the Vegas Golden Knights, who is the guy stepping up, making big, big plays? Gustafson was a huge part of that shorthanded goal against the Kings, and then right out of the gate, probably after getting reamed out by Arneil in Vegas, <laughs> there was him. Scoring a big goal that ended up at least getting them to overtime in the game. So I'm with you. I and mean, I think Adam Lowry's on pace for a career year. You're exactly right. He was far more effective and far more productive in the second half of last season. Coincidentally, he wasn't carrying Christian Veselinan around like a grand piano on his back like he was for the first 50 games of the season. But, but I digress. Fair um, point, fair
3: huh? point by yeah. you.
1: <laughs> well, and you know what? It's kind of funny because this is a, a segue into something I wanted to talk to you about. I mean, the Jets. You know, and some some people, people here in the chat, some people on social media, um, you know, say the Jets are consistently screwing up and not giving opportunity to their young players. And I will quote: Cole Perfetti, uh, D- Logan Stanley, certainly now Dylan, uh, now uh, Dylan Sandberg. Um, and Vesalina last year, a perfect example of some young players that they were counting and they got in there. It hasn't been the case for Billy Hanel, and we know exactly why that is because there's a big logjam. He was waivers exempt. Um, but to me, it was just a matter of time before we heard something on that situation. And yesterday, Jacob Stoller had that report in the hockey news with some quotes from Elaine Ross over Billy's spot within this organization right now. Um, what uh, what did you make of the comments from Elaine Roy and um where do you think things are at? Is this problematic for the organization, or is this just part of professional hockey? And um, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Where are you at on that, Ken?
3: Yeah, I don't think it's a humongous concern. I mean, I don't I don't certainly understand where Elaine is coming from. Elaine is a guy who uh, is not a uh, you know media hungry type of person. He doesn't speak out every single time one of his clients has a beef about ice time. If you look at the history. Um, You know, again, the next time an agent says, you know what, my client should play less will be the first time. But, uh, you know, it's, it's not a surprise that he's spoken out because of the situation. To me, this sort of, I'm not saying it's, it's reaching a boiling point, but I think there's, this is twofold. Obviously, Elliot Friedman, my colleague uh, at, uh, you know, Sportsnet and Hockey Night has reported the Jets are getting calls on their defensemen. So if one of those if an agent for one of those defensemen whose situation would be improved by the Jets moving one of those defensemen in the logjam, it, it, it's not, let, let's follow the bouncing ball here, Huss. I mean, it would be beneficial for Villy Hanela if one of those defensemen in the logjam is moved on. So I don't think the timing uh, is all that surprising. Uh, it's not a surprise either that the player is probably not thrilled about his situation nor the agent being happy with the situation. Uh, but again, I think this is something that is going to be resolved. And I think, Huss, I'm consistent in my messaging. I think it will be resolved by Vili Hainala becoming a w- member of the Winnipeg Jets because he's going to force himself onto the Jets with his play with the Manitoba Moose. Uh, I think the Defense Corps as a whole could use you know, some of the qualities that Billy Hanula, you know currently has in his game. Uh, He's obviously working on some of the other parts of his game. And right now he is benefiting from playing in all situations. He's playing on the penalty kill. I mean, he had Daniel on just now. He's playing high-end minutes on a very good team. And I think that's only going to help him bolster his cause to become an NHL regular. And as I said at the end of training camp, the next time Billy Hanley is called up will be the last time he is has anything to do with the Manitoba Moose or the American Hockey League. That's my honest opinion. Uh, is it possible that I'm wrong? Of course it's possible. But I think the next time he calls up, it's for good. I think it will be for good with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, whether he jumps right into a top four role, I don't know. I think it's more likely he jumps in in more of a third pairing role. But it's possible depending on the circumstance and the situation. Does that mean someone's going to be traded tomorrow, Huss? I don't think so. This logjam has lasted a lot longer than you, I, or anyone anticipated, probably including Kevin Shevelday off. But let's be honest, the reason Why that do you that's think that's is? is because yeah. they haven't gotten an offer that's, high, that's good enough. If they've received a good enough offer, a move would have been made by now, don't you think? I, I certainly think a move would have been, like, there's no, I mean, other than having an insurance policy, there's no benefit for the Jets having you know, more NHL ready defensemen than they can play. I mean, you talked about it before. Is Billy on the not, you know, on the not AutoCorp question of the day? I mean, if Billy Hanela was playing for the Montreal Canadiens or the Arizona Coyotes or one of those teams that doesn't care about their results this year, then absolutely he's ready for the NHL. Is he ready for an NHL team that's trying to make the playoffs? and isn't sure they can handle some of the mistakes that are going to be made by a young player and not just a young player named Hanela all young players. And again, I'll use the caveat that, yes, the veteran players on the Jets are also making some of those mistakes also. I'm not discounting that whatsoever. But what I'm saying is right now, Hanela has to continue to play well at the American League level, and eventually he's going to force his way onto the roster. I understand it's not fast enough. For a Hanela be his agent, C the free Hainelah hashtag fan club. But right now they're not in control of the situation. They're not the ones making the roster decisions. I mean, does that suck for Hainela? Of course it does. But there's two ways you can handle it. You can either worry about your situation and not focus on your own job, or you can go out and give the Jets no choice but to call you up when you're ready and for you to stay and become an NHLer. I get it, it's taking longer than almost everyone anticipated. Part of the reason that happened, Huss, is because of the, you know, the flash of lightning we saw as an 18 year old, which we don't normally see from 20th overall picks. And then you had the COVID, I'm not taking the Jets off the hook fully on this either, but two different coaching staffs have decided, you know, you could even use three, if you include the time where Dave Lowry was the interim head coach. Three different coaching staffs didn't see Vili Hainala as part of their best six players on a consistent basis. So now it's up to the player to change the mindset. I mean, because the Jets want Vili Hänlä to succeed. It's in their best interest for him to become a contributing player on their team. But the whole narrative that the Jets don't care anymore about their draft and development process has, come on, Josh Morrissey, Dylan Sandberg, Logan Stanley, they're all first or second round draft picks in the top six or seven right now. Yes, there have been trades for the others, but I mean, it's a long laundry list of guys they want to succeed. It's in their best interest for their draft and development model to play those players they've drafted and developed.
1: Well, I mean, listen, we talked a lot and we've heard a lot from uh, Rick Bonus about, you know, a new. New sheriff in town, if you will, and you know, rewarding yeah. people and players to be playing where they deserve to play. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Billy just, you know, was so good in the preseason that you know, he, he was wasn't. obviously one of the top six players. Um, but I guess in your, I mean, is this basically a coaching decision right now or is this organizational? Um, like is it uh, Rick Bonus looks at Billy Hanala and says, you know what, guys, sorry, he's he's not in my lineup. I mean, is that basically as simple as it is right now? Because honestly, Ken, if we're talking about him going to the American Hockey League, I mean, he couldn't have done much more last year to prove that he is ready to go. We've had this conversation a number of times. And now you sort of get into, this is what I was worried about, a player that is more than ready to come up and play, that's back there, that gets disgruntled. And the only good thing coming out of, what we heard from Elaine Waugh yesterday was he was sort of pointing out the obvious that Philly's ready to go as opposed to requesting a trade. And that I think is what a lot of people worry about. And I listen for me, I don't think the jets will be forced into anything. And I don't think that they have an appetite to trade Billy Hanela before he gets a legitimate opportunity to be a regular and see what he can turn into here in Winnipeg. But the longer this goes, you do run the risk of having a very disgruntled player and the next time we hear from elaine Waugh, it might not be as couched as what he had to say yesterday to jacob stoller
3: yeah i mean that's all fair but i mean let's look at the history when's the last time the jets treated a 21 year old player i mean maybe it was patrick liney but that's a second overall pick, yeah. not a if 20th can, overall If you can pick. trade
1: line A, you can trade anybody. I mean,
3: that is... Exactly. I, 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 All I'm saying is the Jets haven't been forced by anyone in their early 20s to make a move. I mean, that's just not the way that they operate. And we know there's a laundry list of people that eventually got moved, whether that was Jacob Truba or Jack Rozovic or or whatever else the case may be. Uh, I mean, again, is to your original question, I mean... Let's go back to when I asked Rick Bonus about Vili Hanela the first time. His answer was, "We have to figure out if we can win with him." And based on what we saw in the preseason, or what Rick saw, he was the one in charge of the roster. If he had said to Kevin dayoff "I need hanela in the ro- in the lineup," he out you know he outplayed every other player in the competition. Then Vili Hanela would be in the lineup. I mean, of course, him being waivers exempt can factor into the early season roster decisions that's not just common with the jets that's common everywhere across the nhl depending on the circumstance but again the jets defense corps as a whole could could play better they need to play better some guys have had slow starts and once the jets get to the point of understanding or recognizing or believing that haina can be better than some of those guys then they'll make a move i mean otherwise you're right now you run the risk of having a first round pick who is now not playing at the level you want him to be at. Hey, Hus, we've said this before. Vili Hänäla has for sure top four, four defense pairing potential. He might be able to help the power play. At some point, he certainly will be able to. And he has the ability to potentially be a top pairing type of guy, depending on his defense partner. So I don't see the Jets giving away Ville Hänäla under any circumstance, but they also don't want him to start to get to a point where he's frustrated and his game slips either. So again, it's not happening as fast as anyone expected. Am I curious to see? billy Haneland needs reps at the NHL level us in order to iron out some of the deficiencies in his game, but also to show off his strengths. So once he gets, that's the one part where Elaine is 100% right. He needs a long run of games to figure out if he's ready to play that at that level. And when that opportunity is going to come, I have no idea, but I still believe it's going to come with the Winnipeg Jets and it's going to come before next season. Otherwise, you're right. It's going to hit a tipping point and something is going to have to happen. I don't see the tipping point happening 10 games into the season or 20 games into the season, but I do think that Vili will find his way onto the Jets roster before the end of the season, whether that's before the midway point of the season, that the crystal ball is still a bit cloudy on, but I still see there being a possibility for him to make that kind of an impact.
1: Um, as far as a deal, what do you think? I mean, in your best knowledge, Ken, what are the, like, what, what's it going to take for a deal to happen? I mean, what, what is this team looking for? What gets Kevin Shevelday off to finally say, okay, you know what? Now's the time. We've been in this situation. This is going to help us in a number of ways. How do they get to that point?
3: Yeah, it's a great uh, great question, Huss. If I had the answer, I would have written it by now or said it publicly. I have no idea, but what I do know is the fact that the Jets are missing Nikolai Ehlers. They've missed him for the last eight games, and now they're going to be without Morgan Barron for four to five weeks. Huss, we talked about it going into the season. The Jets were looking to upgrade the forward group. Now, yes, it's turned out that with Sam Gagne and Saku Menelainen and Waiver Pickup, Axel, Jansen, Fialbi, that those guys have been able to step up and make an impact. Now, based on what Rick Rick Bonus said this, this morning, I wasn't there, but he said he expects a lineup change. Does that mean Jansen Harkins? I mean, again, let's follow the bouncing ball, Hus. And you and I talked about this in the morning yesterday. So Jansen Harkins has been changed to a regular recall. So does that mean he'll automatically be put in the lineup? No, it doesn't. But let's follow the bouncing ball. I think it stands to reason that with Barron out and with I don't think the fourth line was as effective yesterday. And that, again, that's not blaming Dominic Toninato, but we know that Jansen Harkins had a great start uh, with the Manitoba Moose, as as Daniel probably also mentioned. But I expect to see Jansen Harkins against Chicago. You know, does it mean that the you know the upgrade can come internally from a guy that they've known previously? Of course, it's possible. But if they're going to move one of those defensemen, either of the prospect variety or of the veteran variety, I would expect the Jets to be looking for a middle six forward. I mean, they've been looking for one since the summer. So uh, that would be something that probably would catch the attention of Kevin Chevaldeoff. off. But if he's been offered something, again, some folks want to talk about Yessa pooley I mean, if the Oilers had been offering him, I think the deal would have been made already. So it hasn't been made because I don't think the Oilers are looking all that hard to move. I know his name has been out there, but they're not giving him away either. Like this is a, you know, top four pick. So, um, but again, that's the kind of player the Jets are probably looking for In in, ter- in terms of trying to upgrade that forward group.
1: All right, Kenny, uh, quickly, looking ahead to a tomorrow, you mentioned potentially Harkins coming into the lineup. Uh, just give us your thoughts on the Hawks so far. It's sort of a surprising start. And what may be different for the Winnipeg Jets um, uh, tomorrow as far as the lineup goes?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's like I said. Also, Rick. You know, the other part that Rick Bonus mentioned earlier in the week is that Kyle Bianco is a guy that he wants to get a look at. I actually thought Dylan Sandberg was quite solid again, so I don't see a Capabianco... For Sandberg's substitution in the lineup, either, but Capabianco obviously would be a possibility of moving in. But I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, and again, we don't know. I mean, Dubois, I think, was probably maintenance, and Appleton obviously had, hadn't skated since uh, the Vegas game before he went right into the lineup yesterday after missing practice this week. But uh, I would expect that Harkins is a possibility. Capabianco would be a maybe, but. Uh, I wouldn't think that it's necessarily all that likely, but Rick Bonus has said he wants to use them. In terms of the Hawks, they play hard. I mean, they're, they're, they would fall directly under the same category that Pierre-Luc Dubois mentioned the Montreal Canadiens being in. They play freely because there are no expectations attached to their team. Uh, Luke Richardson kind of instilling that same kind of positive vibe that we saw yesterday from the Montreal Canadiens with Marty St. Louis and former Manitoba Moose legend Pardon me, Alexander Burroughs. So, I mean, they're going to play hard. I mean, we talked a little lot about what the Jets, uh, you know, schedule was like us in the first nine games. Well, this month of November offers an opportunity for the Jets to play, I think, five teams uh, that were, you know, considered to be in the lower third or maybe even the bottom five. So we're going to find out a lot more about the Winnipeg Jets here during this next little stretch of, of hockey here. But again, there's no free points on the bingo card if your team is not ready to play. And what do we know about the Jets? Huss? they're trying to string together consistent efforts. The last time they kind of had a blueprint game, they had three games where they were nowhere near the blueprint before the game against Montreal. So consistency is at the top of the list of priorities for Rick Bonus and his crew. And we'll see what uh, you know how the Jets answer against a young uh, young team, with the exception of the two veterans that we don't necessarily expect to be wearing Hawks colors before the year is over. That being Patrick Kane and Winnipeg or Jonathan Taves.
1: Weber. Great stuff, man. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, and you know, you could going to have a Saturday night and a Sunday now to enjoy yourself because of course the game's <laughs> at two tomorrow and we'll look forward to K&R sometime in and around five, five 30 after the game. Great show last night, folks, check it out. If you missed it already over on the YouTube, make sure to give the fellas a sub Weber, have a great weekend. Thanks for doing this.
3: Huss, always tremendous to be with you. Uh, Send my best to uh, Mr. Dunk. Uh, I'll look forward to seeing him. I got the big news. I'll be in Regina for the Great Cup. So, uh, you know, as we get closer to that West Final, I'll I'll be putting on the CFL hat to go with the uh, NHL coverage here. Looking forward to that as well. Should be a fun weekend slate of games here uh, to see who will be the opponents for both the uh, the Bombers and the Argos in the uh, respective Mm -hmm. East and West Finals.
1: Well, I'm glad to know that you're going to be at the Grey Cup. I may need to uh, just get live on <laughs> FaceTime from Qatar and you can uh, show me the, uh, we the game. We can do it. Hopefully that, all, hopefully that all works out. Uh, anyways, have a good one, man. We'll see you at the rink.
3: Yeah, take care, House. Thanks for having me and uh, have a tremendous weekend here.
1: Good stuff. There's Ken Weep, Kenny and Rennie, post game for Winnipeg Jets. And, of course, you can read all of Ken's work at sportsnet.ca. All right. Dunk's going to join us. We got to get ready for the CFL playoff game, see who's going to be coming to Toronto and Winnipeg for the big semi, the big finals the following weekend. Of course, get your tickets right now. Let's fill that place and uh, see if the Bombers can make it three in a row. And if you're going to the game, make sure you get there early for the Princess Auto tailgate party, the place to be before the game. Incredible atmosphere all year long. And I imagine it is going to be popping before kickoff at IG Field on November 13th. Of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsors of the Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk and the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West, and you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Well, perfect time to uh, plug our grid for eight friends at Culligan after the most hydrated man in the business just joined us. Uh, Ken certainly knows his Culligan water and uh, because Culligan are the water experts and they've been doing it family owned in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba for over 65 years. Taking care of your family and more with water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems and drinking water systems, citywide water delivery services, and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Pop on down and see the experts at Culligan, 1200 Sargent Avenue. You can give them a call at 694-5180. And of course, you can check out all their products and services for you, your home, cottage, or business online at drinkculligan.com. Well, the weekend is here gang might be a great time for a CC Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, Canadian club, or as the cowboy and Chad, who I bumped into earlier this week said, you've turned me on to the great taste of the Canadian club and ginger, no mixing needed folks. It's now available in six packs at your local beer store. Pick it up. If you haven't had it before and both CC and the CC and ginger are going to be available. And, uh, pouring all day long at the West final as of course Canadian club is the official sponsor of the bombers. And don't forget this weekend, the official release of the Canadian club chronicles, 45 year whiskey, only 80 bottles in the entire province of Manitoba. So you wish you whiskey aficionados get looking at your local Manitoba liquor marts and pick one up before they are gone. And just before we bring in Justin dunk lots going on at Boston pizza You know, it's your NFL headquarters, your Jets headquarters. It'll be a heck of a great spot to saddle up on Sunday afternoon and check out all the NFL games and, of course, the big CFL playoff games. We're going to be talking about with Dunk. When you're there, try the new – Fall menu featuring the craveable jalapeno popper dip, spicy buffalo mac and cheese, and the amazing new creepy carbonara pizza. And don't forget, every time you watch NFL at Boston Pizza, you can enter to win the second NFL grand prize. Trip for two, airfare, hotel. Tickets to the Raiders and Niners on New Year's weekend, as well as a bonus NHL game, Golden Knights and Blues on New Year's Eve. Watch the NFL and enter to win at any Winnipeg, Selkirk, Steinbach, Morton and Portage, Boston Pizza location. All right, let's get to some football. Huge weekend coming up in the Canadian Football League. And no one better to chop that up with than Justin Dunk, a three down nation. JD, how are you?
4: Doing well, Husk? Getting hyped up for the weekend, my man. How are you?
1: Uh, you know what? Doing great. We've had uh it was so funny. I was doing my uh the lock shop with Dustin Nielsen yesterday and uh he was lamenting the drive into work with uh, 6 inches of snow in Edmonton and I'm like, dude! I just went to Sev in shorts and a T-shirt. Now it's got a little cooler right now, but we haven't got that winter feel in Winnipeg yet. I kind of have a feeling we will by the time the CFL gets here for the West Final. Uh, but we got a game out east, and then a game that weather will not be a factor in at all. In really the main event this weekend with Calgary and BC. Uh, let's start off in the east, though. Very interesting season for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. A terrible start at a time when we thought they might not even be in the playoffs. Are they showing enough life right now, late in the season, to be dangerous to Montreal? And your thoughts on the home team that has had an adequate season but has never really looked as a true championship contender up until this point?
4: Agreed. The Alouettes are solid but unspectacular. And the Tiger Cats, I think, are playing their best football at the proper time of year to potentially make another Grey Cup run. And you think about it, the have ousted the Alouette seven straight times in the playoffs, which is kind of unbelievable to think about. But I really like the way that Hamilton is playing, specifically running the football with Wes Hills leading the way there when he's healthy. And then defensively, they've really gotten after it. Malik Carney has come on for this team, seven sacks on the season. Julian Houser, I think, is underrated. And Mike Johnson has seven sacks as well. The triple sevens there, all of those guys have seven sacks to create a consistent pass rush. Simone Lawrence is back healthy. Tunde Adeleke, I think, is a versatile piece in the back end. As a Canadian, he usually lines up at free safety, but he allows this defense to be multiple. And I really like the Tiger Cats in this game. For Montreal, Trevor Harris, I think, is the better quarterback in the game, and that could help out the Alouettes. But William Stanbeck Hasn't been as good as we've seen him in the past since he came back from injury. Gino Lewis has had a spectacular season. But I think Hamilton's defense can do enough and create a pass rush to slow down that offense. And on offense, I think the Ticats can score enough points. I actually like Hamilton to win.
1: You know, Dane Evans is such an interesting, uh, I mean, really, the quarterbacks coming out of Hamilton in these last two years, both Evans and Masoli are fascinating studies and that, you know, I, I I didn't mind the start that Ottawa had. I thought they had very winnable games early on, including against the Bombers that they sort of fumbled away. Um, and then of course, Masoli was out for the year. Fumbling away was exactly what Dane Evans did for the first half of the season, for the most part. I mean, their <laughs> ball control and ball management was atrocious. And that was a huge reason why they had that terrible start for Dane Evans. What's on the line here right now, and how much, how far has he come since all of those turnovers, both throwing and especially fumbling, cost them games earlier in the season?
4: He's come a long way because Evans has at least stopped, for the most part, turning the football over, especially at critical times, which cost the Tiger Cats a couple of wins early in the season and would have put them in the playoffs much earlier than they actually needed to In their schedule, but I think Dane Evans is really playing for his future here. He is under contract next year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats for over $400,000 in hard money. But we know football contracts can be torn very quickly. So I think Evans needs to show that he can come through in the clutch. He's been decent down the stretch here, but really the Tiger Cats have relied on that running game with Hills and Sean Thomas Erlington. And we've seen Don Jackson get back in the lineup a little bit as well. And that stingy Steeltown defense that we're used to seeing, I would say led by Simone Lawrence and former Blue Bombers linebacker Jovan Santos Knox has had a stellar season as well. So I think Evans has been able to play complementary football, much smarter football, not turning over the football. And that's going to be the recipe to win in Montreal. Really that game against Winnipeg at Tim Hortons Field where he threw for five touchdowns and over 300 yards and sliced and diced. That Blue Bomber's defense stands out as an anomaly. We have not seen him back that up yet. That said, he could create some opportunities for himself, potentially in the Grey Cup if the Ticats can get back there again, to maybe face those Blue Bombers or at least any of the other teams he's going to see to show that that game was not one that we can chalk up to being outside of what he usually does.
1: You know, I mean, I think most people agree. And I'm looking at the point spread right now. It opened at three for the home team. It's now one and a half. So there is some steam coming in on Hamilton. I kind of lean Montreal and you know, despite the history, I mean, I just think that they've got a light slight edge at the quarterback position. And I think Geno Lewis is probably the best player in the game. And, you know, in a very close game, you need big players to come up and make big plays and sort of leaning there, but uh, where's the Alouette's defense right now? How prepared is it for the Cats if they're playing up to their level?
4: Yeah, the defense has been solid. Noel Thorpe has them playing physical football on that side of the ball. Marc-Antoine Decroix has a handful of interceptions for the Alouettes this season, and they've been able to generate a pass rush, but I just don't like it as much as the Tiger Cats unit. And I think really... The way this Tiger Cats offense has become more multiple as the season has gone along. By multiple, I mean versatile and adapting to their personnel. I think there's some matchups to be taken advantage of here. And I'll challenge you a little bit on Gino Lewis being the best playmaker or player in the game. Because I actually think it's Tim White. This guy has been white hot down the stretch. We saw what he did against Calgary at McMahon Stadium to really help out. And I felt like lead that comeback. Now it wasn't Dane Evans. It was White making a couple spectacular catches to win that game. So they can find a way to get White loose. I really like what Hamilton can do to this Alouette's defense. Thorpe is going to mix it up. He's going to send some pressure. But I think Ticats have the playmakers to exploit it.
1: Justin Dunk Three Down Nation getting us ready for playoff weekend one in the Canadian Football League. We've talked about the East. Now let's get to the main event. I mean, I am so fired up to see this game. The, the, the Stamps and Lions, when they played this year, <clears throat> outside of the Bombers, have been, I mean, clearly the best games of the season. They've been tight. They've gone back and forth. BC has this home game on account of that third win against the Stampeders. But to me, this one is as close to a pick as we could possibly have. Um, Where do you feel both of these teams are going into Sunday? And um, who gets the nod from you, JD, uh, considering it's indoors, Nathan Rourke's back. But man, Calgary looks pretty tough to beat from top to
4: bottom. The Stamps, I believe right now, are playing better football. And by and large part, that's because... Nathan Rourke hasn't been on the field except for that one quarter last week against Winnipeg where he did not look so hot or on that record-setting pace that he was on to start the season before the Liz Frank injury. Now, we know Rourke's going to study the tape, try to correct those mistakes, but there are people around the league that I've talked to that felt like Rourke was a little timid on that foot and is not the same quarterback that he was earlier in the season. Now, if he uses... That quarter against the Blue Bombers as a preseason type of setup, just to get back in the flow, he wasn't necessarily great in the preseason for the Lions. And then all of a sudden, he went nuts and was throwing the ball all over the park. That's a possibility. But I think Calgary is playing better complementary football right now. I think they can run the ball more effectively especially when you consider the Lions have had struggles stopping the run I would look for the Stamps to have three running backs dressed for this game Kadeem Carey, Dedrick Mills and Peyton Logan the outstanding rookie who also returns for the Stampeders so they have three different skill sets in terms of runners there and this offensive line led by Sean McEwen at center has been a stout group and has really re-established the line of scrimmage over and over again so I think Calgary's built for playoff football. The St. Peters probably wish this game was at McMahon Stadium in and amongst all the snow that they've gotten in Calgary instead of on the fast track at BC play. So that's where I can see the Lions potentially taking advantage. Lucky Whitehead seems iffy for this game, but Brian Burnham is back. Keon Hatcher is underrated. Dominic Rimes was right there challenging Dalton Schoen for the receiving title in the CFL. He's been a guy, I think, that's underrated this season as well. So you can see the playmakers there for BC. And the offensive line is the same as before Rourke got hurt to now when Rourke is back. So you can see ways where both of these teams can win, which is why it's such an intriguing matchup.
1: Um, What are you hearing about Rourke? I mean, we didn't see a ton of him. I mean, he was not the dynamic player that tore the league up and set it on fire in the first 10 games of the season. But I don't think anybody expected that to be in the final game against Winnipeg. There's a lot on this young man's shoulders. Uh, but a huge opportunity to continue to build on uh, the pause on his record-setting season right now. Um, It really does come down to, I think, in a lot of ways, how dynamic he can be. I know you've been talking to people out in BC. uh, What are the hopes and expectations from the Lions' side on their their star
4: quarterback? The hopes are that he can be close to full go in terms of what he's able to do with the offensive playbook and how he could potentially run. That's the hope. But I have a hard time seeing that potentially change from a week ago when he didn't look as decisive as he was early in the season. I think that largely just has to do with the foot because we saw him early in the year, whether it was going through his reads and letting the ball go or even as a runner, he was a very decisive pass. So I think that's the key difference to me. I think he can change that very quickly and he will study the tape and try to, be better in some of those situations where he didn't look so great in Winnipeg. But I think it would be hard for people to see him get all the way back to that level that he was playing at before the injury. So I think Rourke can still play well. It just might be in a little bit of a modified way. I just think overall, if you're the Canadian Football League, you're hoping that Rourke finds a way to crank it back up and gets the BC Lions at least into the Grey Cup because that would be the best storyline By far. I know Blue Bombers fans don't want to hear it, but to have a Canadian QB leading a team to the Grey Cup after he comes back from a foot injury would be unbelievable. Hey, Justin,
1: before we go, I mean, I know we've kind of got our thoughts on the games out here right now. And again, they're very, very tight. Either team could win in both matchups. Who do you think in the East poses the biggest threat to the Argos and who in the West poses the biggest threat on the road in the cold here in Winnipeg in a week's time?
4: In the East, the biggest threat to Argos has to be the Tiger Cats, just with the way that rivalry is, and I think the way also that Hamilton has played down the stretch and won a bunch of games that were clutch for them. Yeah, they put themselves in that situation where they were back up against the wall and had to win, especially against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, but they were able to find a way. So I like the fight in the Tiger Cats. And in the West, it's the Stampeders. Now, if Nathan Rourke had not gotten hurt and was still on this record pace level and was throwing the ball all over the park, then I would say it's the Lions. But I say the Stampeders because of the way they've run the ball. Jake Mayer has managed games well, and that's not in a disrespectful way. I think he's been very good in the short to intermediate passing game and by and large has taken care of the football. And that defense led by Sean Lemon, Mike Rose, Cameron Judge, you know Titus Wall. They got a bunch of playmakers over there on that defense and they've been consistently strong for Calgary. So that's why I think the Stamps pose the biggest threat to the Blue Bombers. And oh, by the way, they played them three times and all three of those games were one score. We know how easily those could potentially go the other way. Winnipeg has been exceptional and making sure that they win more than their fair share of those close games with the way Mike O'Shea manages football games. But I think Calgary certainly poses an intriguing threat to the blue bombers
1: yeah i listen those games were so tight and that's one of the great things that the bombers i mean it's the dna of the bombers they win those close games they're used to winning and they find ways to win it ain't easy to beat a team three times in one season and it's very difficult to beat a team four times in one season and I do sort of think the matchup against BC, if they can win indoors, then have to travel and come outdoors would be an advantage. But uh, if it is Calgary, Winnipeg, that is going to be an absolute slobber knocker. And uh, as I said, I think the playoffs in the West and the entire league are going to be fantastic. And then we'll get to Regina. We'll find out who the Grey cup halftime act is. I know there's a lot of people that are bent out of shape about that. We've got that. We figured out who the all-stars were. Now it's time to settle it on the field it should be a great great weekend just build people in heading into the playoffs on what you and the gang john and everyone has cooking over at three down nation justin
4: you bet my man we'll have all the goods all the latest news and best analysis that you can get i'm a little biased obviously but at three down nation.com that's not when either me or you know john hodge are on your show huh so we'll have all the goods we'll have some insider nuggets john hodge does a great job with that getting some real analysis from people who are anonymous around the league. And I think it's intriguing because you get the true story from them because a lot of times people don't want to say it on the record. So we'll have all the goods there. Three Down Nation will have a crew on the ground in Regina for a Grey cup week as well. So we will have, I hate saying this is a cliche, but wall-to-wall coverage the whole week. Just whatever you need CFL-wise, come to Three Down Nation. And we'll have it for you.
1: Justin, thanks so much. Enjoy the games this weekend. And hopefully, we can catch up with you or John next week and set up what will be an amazing weekend for the East and West final coming up in uh, what, nine days from now?
4: Sounds good to me, my man.
1: Right on. Have a great weekend. There's Justin Dunk. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Justin Dunk12, J Dunk12. And make sure you're checking out their daily content on the Canadian Football League over at Three Down Nation. All right, gang. Hey, if you haven't already, make sure you've hit that red subscribe button. I know it is disappointing. We're not able to crank out the marble race today. We will make it up to you. I'm thinking about a little, a holiday marble series. Um, We'll work on that, but we'll we'll make up a couple shows uh, once everything is back to normal. However, I do have an offer for you. We're at 165 likes right now. If you can get to 200 in the next couple minutes, so anyone that hasn't done it, hit that thumbs up. We will bring on our guest producer, Jeremy, a.k.a. Jay Remo, in a couple of minutes. So uh, there are the marching orders. Let's get to two hun. Jeremy will join us to finish up the program right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right. Hey, it's still pretty damn nice outside right now. And listen, we know Winnipeggers will drink Slurpees all year round. And you know we're down with the blizzard all year round. Uh, But right now, heading into the weekend, what a great time to pop by one of the four Nick and Nikki DQs. No one loves supporting our sponsors more than WS Tears. And I think when Nick and Nikki might be their favorite one because of how damn good it is. All the amazing Blizzard flavors there for you. The ice cream treats you've know, come to know and love from DQ. Not to mention some of the best fast food in the game, including the amazing Burgers and my personal favorite, the Honey Barbecue Chicken Fingers. And hey, if you've got an event coming up, um, a little party or something, hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Send them a picture, let them know what you'd like on your DQ ice cream cake, and they'll get it done for you quick and easy for a fast pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. They're at DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polar Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Huge thanks to Nick and Nicky for the great support since we even did one show here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And hey, the weekend is here, folks, and what goes better with the weekend than Winnipeg's favorite local beer, Little Brown Jug? um might be a great time or weekend to pop in in person down at the great taproom and brewery on William Avenue the best place because you can try all of the amazing beers maybe get a couple flights and my pal Dom was with one of the uh, brewers on uh, the couple of days they've just released a new grolsch beer that I haven't tried yet I'm looking forward to hopefully this weekend uh but it is absolutely highly recommended um as well as some new beers in the, the new look good times variety pack as we head into the new season little brown jug william william avenue right down by the, the uh, red river exchange campus of course you can get little brown jug at fine beer stores throughout the city grab a 1919 at fine bars and restaurants and you can always order online for citywide delivery at little brown jug ca all right good work that didn't take long to get 200 uh 200 uh legs let me um I'll tell you this why don't we do this right now I do want to get to the cool bet lines but uh well Jeremy's a big buffalo guy myself we've been riding the sabers throughout so why don't we bring on my guy Jeremy not Michael Remus but we've been calling him Jay Remo throughout the week and uh This is the guy that has been the brains of the operation all week. Again, podcast listeners, you'll have to come back and check out the fun we're having on YouTube. But uh, let's bring Jer in to uh, get a little update on his first week of the WST experience. Uh, What's going on? How are you?
5: Well, I'm I'm not sure we would call me the the brains necessarily. It took took a lot of uh, help from uh, Alex to catch me up to speed here. Um, yes, you but... guys
1: will love that. Alex, I, I we have to, to give a big public thank you because Alex was so great when Remus was away. Worked so well and he had so much fun, especially probably because of the Winnipeg Sports Talk chat and how lively it is. And I know you've been diving into that as well. Uh, but Alex took a full-time job at the Nation Network working on a number of new shows. And he said, oh man, it sucks. I really was looking forward to doing it. And we were like, we are screwed. I like, I have no idea. It's very, We're actually using different software than we normally do when Remus is doing the show. Um, and it wasn't like there was any option. He was having a kid. This was happening, and we knew it was going to happen. So Alex Allard gets the gold star from WST for not only finding you, but also doing all the work to get you trained. And uh, it's been going good. How's the week on for you, though? Have you enjoyed it? And everything that's coming at you in the chat throughout the day.
5: Uh, well, you know, there's, there's a couple sweaty palms moments here. Just, uh, when you're, when you're doing it your first time and, uh, suddenly a, a curveball comes at me. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, the chat's been great. Um, uh, they gave me a nickname. They, uh, have a whole backstory for me now. So, uh, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just embracing the character.
1: No shortage of creativity. Now you of course are in Ottawa and, uh, Sens. the Sens have had a really interesting start i kind of like oh they're pretty good and then i look at the division and they're four and six but i guess we're still very early still lots of optimism about the Sens. but i imagine the big story around there right now is the potential sale of the team and I imagine a lot of people are excited about what it might mean if ryan reynolds comes through and buys this club but kind of an emergence of the sports and the entertainment page on the same spot
5: yeah you know um I think when when people first heard the announcement, there was a lot of oh they're selling the team. Uh, I think like I'm also a Montreal Canadiens fan, so it was a weird spot where like all of my other Montreal Canadiens fans were like oh they're going to Quebec, let's go. Um, but uh, I think I think this is just a good thing for the team. Obviously, the Melnick family just sort of uh, boosted the value of this team by opening up all the uh, all the coffers. So uh, and if we get the coolest, uh, NHL owner in the league, uh, I, I am happy. I'm so happy. <laughs> you
1: know, and we were talking, I guess when we first met right around the beginning of the season, and I know you went to the home opener there. Um, if you can, just before we get to the action and everything going on this weekend, um, tell everyone about just how different the buzz has been around the senators because of the, the, the off season that they had and. The hope that maybe this era of sucking over the last few years is maybe coming to an end and this team will at least be competitive and playing meaningful games towards the end of the season with a hope of participating in the playoffs.
5: Well, I think uh, anytime a uh, Canadian market is uh, out of the toilet, that uh, Canadian fans should be happy. Um, but just just being in that arena, like I, I had been to games over the last couple of years, obviously not the COVID year, but... Um, it's always sort of like you look up past the two hundreds and it's like half empty. Um, but this first game, like it was I have never seen that many people in the CTC. And you know, I I think that's a good sign going forward, especially if this new arena gets built so that we'll actually be able to go to it without um ruining our nights <laughs> with the traffic <laughs> and uh like oh yeah. Um like anyone so that's think,
1: been there I'm just going to say yeah, anyone, anyone that's been there from out of town, you're like, wait a second, this is where the arena is? I mean, essentially yeah, for people in Winnipeg, imagine if we yeah. built it just on the north side of Selkirk. That That's essentially what the uh, the situation is out there in Canada. But uh, that being said, they got to win a few more games. And a uh, very light day in the National Hockey League for our cool bet lines today, Jer can tell people, both Miko Rantanen and Patrick Laine have scored for the home fans in this finish series right now. The Avalanche are up 3-2 to after the second period. And uh, only one game otherwise in the National Hockey League tonight. And it's our other favorite team, the Buffalo Sabres (laughs) in Carolina, to take on the Hurricanes. Sabres plus 175, Canes minus 208. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, did the Hurricanes not play last night an overtime or a shootout game? So yep. back to backs, I'm actually stunned that this number is what it is. Now, that being said, Eric Comrie isn't starting, although I'm not sure that the Sabres, well, I can tell you, they certainly didn't win that last game because of Comrie. They won because they scored five goals. There was a lot of talk here about who's going to be the team that makes the big push. Is it the Red Wings with their offseason? Is it the Ottawa Senators? Is it the Buffalo Sabres in the West? Early returns are it's the sabers and tage thompson is on a mission hottest player in the oh. nhl right now um I, i'm gonna have a hard time not doing a little sprinkle at plus 175 on the uh sabers tonight at cool bet
5: i would i would definitely take those odds because first of all carolina's on a back-to-back Rantas in net and craig anderson's also been pretty good when he has played um and just like the Buffalo Sabres will will probably make this game interesting if it's like any of their last games, they'll score like all their goals in the third period and be losing the entire game until then. Um but that yeah, Tage is on a tear. Um he's ruined my fantasy because I've just been demolished by anyone who has him. Um but uh yeah, I'm trying to claw claw back this week and uh yeah, I really hope the Sabres do some work here cuz I I think they are a lot to handle and even defensively, they're not as bad as they have been in previous years. So they're, I think that's a safe bet. I think they're a little undervalued in that, uh, in that Well, they're in definitely undervalued.
1: Line. I mean, anytime you're taking a team at just about two to one, I mean the odds aren't in your favor. However, the payout might be. So I got to do my cool bet pick of the day. Make sure you're following at Cool Bet Canada on the socials, and you get our daily pick. Three and zero last night in the lock shop on football. The Kyle Connor goal prop that I dropped at the end of the show plus one thirty two came through. And by the way, Nielsen and I have just done the uh, best bets episode. For the NFL, I'm 20 and 12 against the spread so far this year. Touch wood, been going very well. And don't forget, we're giving away $1,000 for the new Lock Shop YouTube channel. So uh, if you go to at Lock Shop Bets, you'll see the pinned tweet. There's a link right there. Go over there, gang. Hit the subscribe button, subscribe to the Lock Shop, and retweet that tweet. And uh, in a couple of weeks when we get to 1,000 subscribers, we are going to raffle off. cold hard cash. Dusty's been flashing it on the shows so far this week and looking forward to get rid of that. Um, Hey, we were talking about the Canadian Football League. Both of those games opened as three point favorites for the home team, Montreal and BC. Now it's one and a half. Excuse me, one and a half in both games. Alouettes minus 1.5, minus 110, money line of minus 133, Ticats plus one and a half. Money line plus one ten and the BC lines and Calgary Stampeders, similar minus one and a half for BC at minus one ten. And the money line minus one twenty five for BC and Calgary plus money at plus one oh four. Full slate of NFL action uh is up for you at Cool Bet as well. And don't forget tomorrow, last week I gave out two parlays on the props and parlay show, both hit gonna try and keep that going tomorrow noon Winnipeg time subscribe to the lock shop YouTube channel you can check that whenever you want we'll be going live on our uh, Dustin's Twitter account as well tomorrow with the uh, final lock shop heading into the weekend but don't forget about that thousand dollar giveaway get on that right now and make sure you're one of the first 1,000 subscribers to the lock shop YouTube channel and if you missed it earlier today Remus joined me off the top, talk a little bit about his big week in the growing family. And uh, I'm going to the World Cup, folks. Coolbet has uh, graciously sending myself and Jake Boland Moss. We'll be doing all sorts of content there on the Coolbet channels. We'll be doing Winnipeg Sports Talk from Qatar for two weeks. We'll be going to all the Canada games. So uh, as excited as Remus was for the baby on Tuesday, I'm maybe more excited about what's coming up for us uh, with CoolBet going forward. And again, if you haven't played a cool bet before use the promo code WST for a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to 200 bucks of a couple weeks before I leave. And uh, it will be very bizarre to be watching the gray cup in the middle of the night in the middle East, but I'm down for it because it's been since 1986 since Canada has been the world in the world cup. And, uh, Any regular viewers and listeners know how geeked I was watching all the qualifying games. And uh, now it's happening. And what a great opportunity for uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk to be a part of the biggest event in the world coming up in a few weeks. That is about going to do it for us. By the way, I was looking to see if we had a line on the Jets and Blackhawks right now. None of the lines are up for tomorrow. So you can check that a little bit later on. Don't forget, Jets... Hawks tomorrow, a 2 p.m. start down at Canada Life Center. Tonight, you got the Winnipeg the uh, Manitoba Moose taking on the Texas Stars. Great to have Dan Fink with us on the program a little bit later on, or earlier today on the program. Tomorrow, Jets at 2. Ice back at home tomorrow night at the Ice Cave at 7. And then the Moose once again at home at Canada Life Center on Sunday afternoon. No shortage of great hockey options for Winnipeg sports fans coming into this weekend. Um, once again, thanks to Remo. Congratulations again to him. He'll be out away next week, and then we'll be back the following week. Daniel Fink, Voice of the Moose. The always entertaining Kenny Weeb of sportsnet.ca. Follow him on Twitter at Weeb's World and Justin Dunk of Three Down Nation. A massive thank you to all the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. And of course. A big thanks to Jeremy, who's done such a great job this week and will be back with us next week. What's going on for the weekend, Jerry? Any uh, any big plans? You'll be able to sling and drink somewhere in the uh, capital area?
5: Uh, no, I'm actually taking this week weekend off. Uh, there's a friend visiting from uh, down the States. I don't, I don't know why they chose Ottawa, but uh, I got to I gotta try to do something for them. Uh, so maybe, maybe be out at some bars and join some hockey. Uh, really Beautiful. hoping that Com- Comrie keeps my streak alive.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. tonight it's got to be Craig Anderson for us. I got to go bang out that Cool Bet pick right afterwards. That'll usually drop at about 4 or 5 o'clock on the Cool Bet social channels. Uh, and it's all there. Uh, well, listen, we'll talk to you over the course of the weekend and look forward to having you back on the program next week. Monday should be a packed show. We just mentioned all the hockey going on. We'll may, probably have a World Series champion by then full slate of NFL games. Uh, We are going to be packed on Monday's show. So don't you miss it. Thanks for being with us, everyone. Again, apologies on no marbles. Marbles will be back. And again, we maybe will have our makeup series and it'll be great for the regulars because we'll bang out a couple on some other days, maybe do some standings. I'm working on it, but, uh, no marbles today. We apologize, but it will be back very, very soon. Thanks to the sponsors. Thanks to you for making us a part of your day. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the Lock Shop as well. And uh, tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk. We'll see you maybe this weekend if I bump into the hockey game. If not, you will see me back here 1 o'clock p.m. Monday when we get going for another week of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Have a great one, everyone, and thanks for being with us.
4: Oh, my
0: God. Shut it down! Oh, no. Let's go
1: home.
4: Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.